Hell is overflowing and Satan is sending his dead to us. not on camera it's like it never happened bud i'm just stealing shit but you camera in the women's dorm yeah bud <laughs> fuck that was mine he stole it <laughs> bud <laughs> welcome back friends to the joe blow horror show our fifth installment in the summer of the fall of the Closing in on Winter of the Dead series. We are coming back at you with another episode after a hiatus from October to pump out some, some, some Halloween content. And doing a lot of that pumping, both hands, is my host, co-host, my BFF, Mr. Tibu, the herbal enchanter himself, the raging Cajun. What's up, buddy? Hell yeah, man. I am here imbibing in the herbal enchantments. I got my magic stick. Uh, shout out to Austin, Texas, where I'm currently on the road working because they got that Delta 8 in the gas stations, cuz. Yes, and sir. That's not some bath salt bullshit either. I'm, I'm super excited to talk tonight about, uh, well, you know, the film we're going to cover in what's becoming the fall of the dead. <laughs> Love it. Um, but we're, we're not alone, right? No, we are not alone. We are joined by a very, very special guest. This man is, we, we've got a handful of things in common, and I just want to let our listeners know that 
yes, the stars have aligned because you have the two best looking podcast hosts, not only <laughs> horror podcast hosts, but podcast hosts living in damn near the same town. So I am obviously talking about Dan Chase himself and a little bit about Dan Chase. He's also an Iowa captive. And a lot of people don't know this, but after entering the witness protection program, he transplanted from the east, northeast over here. Let's just say good fellas, real life shit. And we don't know what his name was before, and we probably never will. But Dan Chase <laughs> is now an Iowa captive, along with yours truly, Mr. Bostuna. Dan Chase from Cut to the Chase podcast, welcome. <laughs> Thank you, man. And I'll tell you this. Um, the spaghetti here is better than some egg noodles and some ketchup. I will say Ooh. that. Nice. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having me on, man. Uh, yeah, I got kidnapped here in Iowa uh, by like one of the hottest chicks in Iowa. So, you know, it's a tough I don't blame you for that. Same here. Right? That's what I'm saying. Dang. <laughs> where, where are you originally from, Dan? I am from uh, Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Ah, you're from up there. Yes. Fucking there. I, I, live, I lived up there. Not right there, but I lived in Jersey for a little while. Oh, no uh, shit. Okay. Yeah, about five years, North Jersey. I worked overnight in New York. Um, right on, man. I, lo I loved it up there. I love the Northeast. Really love the people. They ain't got time for your bullshit. No. Nope. They're good people. They are. They are. Yeah, I feel like they get a bad rap, too. Everybody I meet over here is just kind of cautious to me and they're like oh no he's he's pretty nice and then they hear my podcast i'm like no actually he is a dick <laughs> <laughs> so dan chase i gotta ask you from being yeah. up in the uh, uh you're born and raised up there then right yes absolutely are, are, you, are, yeah. you, a hockey fan? are you a hockey fan? i am of course of yes. course yes so all right now the million dollar question who's your team I mean, obviously the fucking Bruins. Uh, hey, shout out to my boy Paul Mara, who just got inducted into the uh, the NHL Hall of Fame just recently. Yep. He, he did the uh, Olympics and 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 he coached the girls team for for several years. He's crushing it. So I want to I want to say too, my hockey team is the Bruins. Yes. Yeah. No. For uh, well, because their logo is a bear. I don't watch sports. I will admit. But when I did watch hockey briefly, very briefly in my, my Northeastern uh, venture, yeah, the Bruins were the team that I was like, damn, dude, they got a bear as their logo? Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well actually, it's, it's actually a Bruin, but it's close. <laughs> He's lost. What? He's like, are we still talking about sports ball? <laughs> I got, yeah, I did get lost. <laughs> <laughs> But right. no, I mean, it's New England sports are great. No matter what, you can't lose. If if your team's not winning that year, guess what? Uh, the next team will win. So <laughs> it's right. great. Although yeah. Tom Brady took him and all of his rings down to South Beach. So we don't it'll talk be a about while. It'll we be a while. Tom, 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 Brady. Tom Brady's a again, goat still. I, he yeah. is a goat. I don't even yeah. watch sports, but come on, dude. Yep. Tom Brady, you crazy right. son of a bitch with all your crazy rings. People are probably wondering, is this a fucking sports podcast? But we are a big hockey podcast, even though even though we're in like the literally the middle of the the country. Uh, I, I I'm a huge hockey fan. I love talking about hockey and getting a little 
get some sports talking on here. It's it's like a, it's like it. a cornucopia. We're it's it's per near Thanksgiving time, so we're giving you the cornucopia of information right here. A little bit. I feel time. like we just did some drywall. We're on lunch break. Like we're just doing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's actually what I'm going to be doing here pretty soon. So got the cam lights up. Drywall's next, and I'm hating my life even thinking about it. So I know how to do the concrete, guys. I can do that fucking concrete shit for you. So let's lay some floors. Let's, we should build the safe room like in that dude's house. Or let's floor <laughs> some lays. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what, are we, what are we talking about tonight, man? All right. Well, we are going to get into it. Uh, you know what? We're just going to skip the housekeeping and pop right into the movie. Dan Chase is going to Oh, no, no. You gave me this task. I've got okay. it. Boom. Look, if you motherfuckers out there want to email the Joe Blow Horror Show and talk to us, Email at JoeBlowHorrorShow at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Boss Tuna readily replies there. Um, Joe Blow Horror Show, simple enough. Instagram, Joe Blow Horror Show. The Joe Blow Fucking, Horror Show on Instagram. The Joe Blow Horror Show on Instagram, excuse me, at that The Joe Blow Horror Show. Um, also, Joe Blow Horror Show is on the Slasher app. And if you guys don't know about the Slasher app, what the fuck are you doing listening to a horror movie podcast and you don't know about the slasher app? Get on True. that shit. For yeah. real. And I think I think uh Boston also dwells on Twitter. The I don't Twitter. know what the ad is oh, there. Twitter. Is it it's just Joe Blow Horror Show on Twitter? I be, think so. I fucking hate you be, Twitter. You'd be but sending yeah, them to I think you'd it's be Joe, I think it's tweets? at Joe Blow Horror. I don't fuck with it either. I can't I don't, Lacey does yeah, all that. Yeah. Fuck that Twitter shit. I'm sorry. Twitter <laughs> Twitter's for presidents. <laughs> and people that follow them. I, I will say this, though. It is important to, get, uh, to get, get it out over all of social media because you never know where somebody's going to hear it. Like, I've had people, and I'm like, oh, yeah, so maybe, you know, I'm assuming, like, the Facebook group, something like that. No, just random places, just places that you would never imagine. So as dumb as we think it is, it's actually, it's actually yep. pretty useful sometimes. Yep. Oh, yeah. My, oh, my wife wanted y'all to know, by the way, that bitches ain't nothing but tricks and hoes. She just wanted y'all to know that just now. She sent me that to tell y'all, so there you go. That's that's yeah. Bitches ain't nothing but tricks and hoes. If she said it, I'll believe, <laughs> she said. I'll believe she said it. it. I believe the line is "bitches ain't shit but hoes and trick lick on these nuts and suck the dick." Well, she got mm-hmm. corrected at school or something. Something just <laughs> yep. happened. Yep. Shout out! Shout out to Angel on this one. Mike. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna get into the movie here shortly, but first, I mean. We got to start this road trip off right. If if we ain't got a beer in our hand, we ain't cruising down the desert highway. Although my beer is empty, so we're gonna have to stop in. And I see some lights on the horizon. Oh shit! Is that our favorite Ooh. fucking place? It is. It's the place where everybody knows our name. <laughs> Yo, I think it's they. The- I think they sell DA here too. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> It's the fucking titty twister. Let's hop on in, boys. Give us an offer on our best selection of 
pussy. This is a pussy blowout. The Teddy Twister is a hopping. I'm not sure we've, we we don't go here very often during the week, but for a Tuesday, it's it's balls to the walls right now. I, it must be ladies' night because there's some talent in here. And it'll be pretty easy for us. Uh, our Hobbit, Travis, might even. Well, actually, let's just let's just head up to the bar for a drink. What are we drinking, boys? Ooh. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't really fuck around. So I got the biggest bottle of Jaeger I could possibly find. And uh, yeah, I'll take a shot of that. Bartender. Oh shit! That's bigger than my head. 128 ounce bottle of Jaeger. You you need to be. I don't think you. If you don't bench 250 50 times, <laughs> you ain't gonna be able to drink out of that bottle. <laughs> that's the. That's, that's the like point. doing a 50 pound oh. curl every time you take a sip of that. Yes. We, exactly. we used to call back in high school. <laughs> spoilers. We drank in high school. <laughs> we used to call this the man drink because look, no offense if you love it. I used to drink it too, but my God, it tastes like like so bad it's it's licorice it basically yes. tastes like licorice which i hate black licorice right. get it straight yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 right yeah black licorice so i uh, uh, george romero would have something to say about that in a social commentary he never made um because yeah. <laughs> he doesn't he, i don't i don't i didn't i just cast the best licorice i didn't care um <laughs> so so, so the man drink was something that we would have to down to prove how manly we were. That might have been the best one-liner you've ever. That was good. <laughs> I, I just put the best licorice in it. That's all. <laughs> so, so we would down this shit, and uh, it's like one night I got so fucked up on uh, Jaeger that I swore to never drink it again, um, mm -hmm. and I haven't since, except for one time uh, doing this job. We all got these little. Uh, shot shot bottles of Jaeger like that you yeah. could get for like two or three bucks and we, we got like 20 something of them and we were just down on them and I was like yeah this tastes as shitty as I remember oh man, it's the best <laughs> it's like good it's like sometimes it's like good horror man it's shitty but it's great right. I don't know we right. were right. in college because when you bought it it came with the metal shot glass with the deer antlers on it and that was that was awesome. again I'm not hating if someone actually loves that drink. I hate it. I'm I just... hate black licorice. I hate it. But that was my shot of choice. And there's Dan Chase with the yep. fucking shot. With my Very nice. Freddy Krueger shot. Oh, he's got oh, dude, Freddy Krueger shot glass. <laughs> Hell yeah. We don't fuck around here. I mean, the irony of you you crushing, you know. Um, he's crushing Freddy's over there. Well, I was going to say crushing um, Jaeger in a Freddy because you're nightmares. You're going to have nightmares about <laughs> uh, Especially with that fucking bear I ate about 10 minutes ago. So, yeah, that's going to have an effect. <laughs> well, I've got a left-hand brewing company, S'mores Milk Stout. They're being more and more popular being. They are more and more popular here over in the Des Moines area. They're out of Colorado. S'mores milk stout. It's it's pretty legit, and it's a six percenter. And if I'm if, if I'm being truthfully honest, I'm I'm just gassing the rest of my pumpkin beers as well too. So we yes. talked about these on this on the show, but I better get these taken care of because we're coming on. I mean, we're 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 day near Thanksgiving, so right. Left hand brewing. Coming, I think coming on the cornucopia. Yeah, it's a cornucopia and a cornucopia. Yep. 
Now, are oh. you guys are you guys sad that uh, that Halloween is over? Do you do you get in that depressive? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't get depressed. I don't get depressed necessarily, but I do miss the vibe and everything. And I'm hoping over time, yeah. we need we need to bring up uh, Dia de los Muertos because that's <laughs> like right at the beginning of November. We need yeah. to bring that up. We need to keep and Christmas used to have spooky traditions, believe it or not, especially in mm-hmm. other countries outside of the United States. So I think we could kind of edge over into the Christmas and just completely drown out Thanksgiving, except for the food where we drown ourselves in fucking gravy. And we just need to fucking keep on with the spooky season, man. Yeah, I love it. I I live it year round. I'm sure we all do, but of course, of course. I'm I'm still watching my Halloween movies. I will, I'll I'll write down a handful that I want to watch. And if I don't get to them, like my cutoff is usually the week of Thanksgiving because I, Outside of horror, my all-time favorite series ever are the James Bond and nostalgia. Oh. I grew up with, you know, the TNT or TBS used to have the Bond Marathon Thanksgiving yeah. week. And I will watch my horror movies, my Halloween's, you know, Trick or Treat's a big one as well. I've watched, or, you know, anyways, and then I'll watch those yeah. up until Thanksgiving. I'll watch my Bonds, and then after that, it's like snow horror. Gets me in the mood. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing too. I we I've tried to to do it where it it kind of all flows somewhat equally and nicely because I did Christmas too. But Christmas, I mean, listen, some people can just be completely obnoxious with it, and I guess that that's how they look at us with with Halloween as well. So like, I get it, like I totally get that. But at the same time, like I dig it, I dig it. I just. Those people, like, as soon as Halloween's over, like, let's put up our Christmas tree. Like, that makes it not special for me. Like, I like my shit up for, like, you know, a couple weeks, a few weeks, like, usually right after. If you're going to leave up your fucking Christmas lights for until fucking February, then you should be able to leave up your Halloween Halloween decorations right. till Thanksgiving. Fuck exactly. <laughs> exactly. I couldn't agree more. Truth be told, <laughs> I took mine down today because my wife, normally, like, the Friday after Thanksgiving, we'll go buy our tree, but. We're yeah. having a shitload of family come to town, so she wants to get it all spruced up. So I was out there today. It's actually like one of the nicer days we've had. So it's I, so nice today, right? All the, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I do. I do love Christmas too, though. I'm not gonna lie. Like the the, oh, yeah, the lights yeah. and and everything. Oh, I and the gift giving something that Halloween yeah. lacks. I mean, we give each right. other candy, which is fun, yep. and right. and and also choice horror selections. But maybe we could give some gifts for Halloween. Yeah. Let's start that. Let's start that tradition of give someone a spooky gift. You know, <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Dead, we'll put up a box. Get a tarantula. <laughs> no, 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 not that. Oh my God, send me a tarantula. I'll fucking fall through the floor. No, uh, <laughs> away. No, Tibu. Before we forget, what are you? Uh, what, what are you ordering here? We're we're holding up the line. There's a shitload of people oh, getting oh, really. Oh, all right, really well, we move it, sir. Selma Hayek starting her dance. Okay, hold on. I've got with me, again, listeners of the Joe Blow Horror Show know me for this. I've got a Voodoo Ranger IPA. It's an Imperial IPA, New Belgium style. This is brewed in uh, Colorado and I also believe in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. This, This is a beer if you love hops, okay? It's got a very strong hoppy taste. The first few sips is like, woof. 
you'll get like a head change maybe if you haven't eaten um, because it's 9% by volume. And um, after that, though, the aftertaste is very mild. It doesn't stay. So it, th this is one that I, I go to over and over again. I love the strong taste. My favorites are stouts, uh, what Bostuna has over there tonight. But after that, I guess I'm an IPA guy because I really do go back to them over and over again. So uh, once again, Voodoo Ranger, man. This oh, shit is going to carry me out the bar. The next, the next care package I send you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to get you. We got a little brewery up in Minnesota. I, I was born and raised in, in northern Minnesota, Mr. Chase. So that's why I'm yeah. captive. Yeah, yeah. But there's a little brewery up there well, called Surly. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, and that's why when you were like, hey, I want to I wanna get you this beer. And I'm like, dude, we live so close. Like, I do not want to meet up with you just to grab, like, a couple. Like, no, we're drinking. Like, we're going to party together. <laughs> I, I, just I, don't heard, want, yeah. I just heard the Boston come out of him. He yeah. said, this beer, <laughs> this beer. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. No, hey, I, I love accents. I really do. Like, that's my favorite shit uh, is, is different accents from different regions. And yeah. I, I try to do impersonations here and there. I'm not a good one, a good impersonator. But uh, I guess being Cajun, we have our own accent and our own thing. Mine doesn't come off as strong, but I love when I hear a good fucking accent. I heard that Man. here. I just mine, heard it. Mine comes out the more I drink, too. So as oh, this yeah. episode goes on. Yeah, yeah, will bring off the best of all of us. <laughs> no, I was going to – I usually will bring um, – or or mail or ship some some special piece to the to the guests on the show. Uh, so I had some some home brews. I'll, we'll, we'll meet up one of these days. I'll bring you some. Yes. I brew I brew some of my own beer. I got a a pumpkin. I have That's to say good. no no. I'm gonna speak on it because he's the creator. I've drank these. It's good. His pumpkin stout. His pumpkin stout is the best pumpkin stout I've ever had. No personally. shit. Personally, I'm just my being own garden, dude. Pumpkins from my own garden. See, I want that. I want that. Let's do this. That is legit. <laughs> and his his chocolate cherry uh, uh, stout is also delicious. That cherry hits you right at the beginning. Boom. And then you get those chocolatey notes afterwards in the aftertaste. And I'm like, how do you do that? How do you do that? <laughs> like, it's crazy. It I'm comes down. across so fucking good. Yeah, his beers are great. Nice. Oh, I'm excited. Thanks for pumping the tires. Let's, uh, you know, what can I say? It was, you know, I, I just, it was the best cherry that auditioned. So I just cast it. Or, 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 or. <laughs> oh shit. That fucking dude just bit that other fucking dude. And that mariachi guy, he's playing a fucking dead guy's leg for a guitar. Oh, fuck. We got to get out of here. Let's back, get the fuck out of here. Back to the, back to the RV, back to the Winnebago. <laughs> Are reporting accounts of the dead returning to life. What's that? What was that? You can't talk about it. What is this about, Jason? This turns out to be a big thing. I just want to record it. This sort of failure, like a major organization. Looks hurt. He's all burned up. The problem doesn't seem to be that people are waking up dead. The dead people are waking up. It's not going down! Shoot in the head! No, no, please! They're not getting the truth from anybody else. All that news is a pack of lies. I'm dealing with this crisis. Now. 
know that this might be bad. I'm trying to get home to my family, okay? Don't bury For tonight's listening pleasure, we are going to review George Romero's final installment in the series, Survival of the Dead. This movie is... Well, Tibu, what do you, I don't know. How do we introduce uh, Survival? Yeah, Survival of the Dead, the last in the George A. Romero. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say, pre-show, pre-show, Mr. Chase told us he listened to the Venom episode, so he probably caught on to our jig. Uh, no, I was going to no, say, can we stop loved, real quick and have me watch the I movie? Saw, I was going to say, I saw him. I saw him just like, oh, he was looking around. He didn't know what was going on for two seconds. Oh. No. Tonight, we are not covering Survival of the Dead. Tonight, Thanks. we are not covering Diary of the Dead. Tonight, we are covering Jason Creed's The Death of Death. <laughs> yes. That's what yes. it is. It's the death of death. No, I'll tell you what. My favorite thing. Oh, God. You know, I, I'm like dad joke level 10. I, I, I get the biggest kick out of doing this. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, man. Yeah, yeah. The one with Venom was pretty good. The one with, with I, Duncan last episode was pretty good. He is like, I yeah, love oh, seeing people's yeah. faces. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to roll with it. Let's, let's. And his Scottish accent. But oh, God. <laughs> it was, man, I'm hey, ready to roll listen, with it. I'll, watch, I, I'll talk about that movie all day. It's fucking bloody brilliant. No, I can't do I can't do Duncan for shit, but he's so entertaining. (laughs) No, we are going to be covering the 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 penultimate episode, penultimate episode movie in the series Diary of the Dead. This is a 2007 release. It's rated R. Comes in around 95 minutes. We like to play a fun game, Dan Chase. uh, You might have might remember from the, the Venom episode where we will ask he and me, I will ask certain questions. If you haven't looked this up already, I always like to quiz our guests. What, what do we think this got on IMDB user rating? Oh, man. Fuck. Uh, mm. it, it, uh, 5.5. Is that too high? <laughs> Hebu, what do you think? I, I, for this movie, I would say like a 4.1. Dan Chase, ding, ding, ding. Yeah? Six. Ah, that's close. 5.6. Oh, wow. Let's let's travel over into the Rotten Tomatoes territory. So this is critic score. It's a percentage. What do you think, Dan Chase? Critic score. (laughs) I mean, so this is the percentage of critics that that liked it? Yes. They gave it a correct rating. Yep. Basically, it's Uh a like or not like. It's got to be like a, a, a 32, 28 or something. So I'll go yeah. with like 32. 32? I was gonna co- I'm, I'm doing the Price is Right bullshit now because I swear <laughs> to God, I was going to come in at a 31. 31? Much did. like my 4.1. Sorry. So where, where are you coming in at, Tibu? 31. I said much like my 4.1 for Okay, uh, okay. Dan Chase, you win again. Can oh. you believe – can you believe this – doubled Tibu's gas. 62% fresh. What? Wow. I look it up. We had this wow. conversation with Land of the Dead. Duncan and I, along with Tibu, were chatting. I mean, these right. movies, they get shit on. I think, I think they've got like a, 
like there's an aura sitting above the last three Romero releases where yes. in, in the horror nerdum, everybody is like, yep. suck, they're trash. And it's because we watch, this is my theory, by the way, we watch all of the movies and we compare the last three to the first three. And, and you're right. They are trash. They, they, they're in a different universe, but maybe they're looking <laughs> at it as a standalone film. I don't know. I'm spitballing here trying to figure this out because land of the dead scored surprisingly high as well i mean 62 percent for this movie it's it's got a surprise well it's it's because critics totally love when a director writer director doesn't involve any social commentary so they love when there's none absolutely none so at that's all. why none, at none. All. <laughs> so that's why they they give these these movies such a high rate yeah hmm. no it, it's I was very surprised as well, too. I mean, I love looking this stuff up because I play the game as well, but I play it with myself or my dog or something. I don't know, because I got to, like, quiz you guys. So You play but, with yourself while your dog watches? <laughs> hey. Uh, Is peanut butter involved? They're, they're, I was going to say, they're, right now there's Black Friday deals on, on uh, huge jugs of peanut butter. Like, <laughs> looking at like, the 10-gallon pails. Oh, God. So, it's the one's mom's trust. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you go to Christmas came early. Alan for a fucking. <laughs> All right, budget wise, what are we guessing for a budget? Oh no, fuck, dude, I'm I'm bad at this. Um, is this with distribution and all that? No, um, no, it's just the budget for the making of the film. Yep. Oh man, I'll bet you this movie was made for fuck six it's million. Made, made for fuck. Know. No, <laughs> it's not made six for million. Not, Not six million. Six million. No. What do you got, Tibu? I'm I'm gonna definitely come in at the highest a million dollars, maybe two, maybe, maybe. What's your What's your number? Uh, seven hundred thousand. Oh wow! Two million dollars. Two million. Oh, okay. So yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I was in the ballpark. You you're you're pretty close. I typically do a domestic and worldwide gross. We're not going to do domestic. I'll give you guys a hint. This was a pretty limited release domestic. Yes. But what yeah. about what about worldwide? What do you guys think for worldwide? Oh man, I don't even know where to start. I really wouldn't. I'm so bad with this shit. <laughs> I'll, 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 yeah. I'll give us a good a good maybe. I think this probably made worldwide. Because I've been wrong about this before, I'm gonna give it a little bit of a bump. I'm gonna say the 20 million area worldwide, 20 million, and that's being way generous. Way off. Rule of way thumb. Off. Rule of thumb with horror movies that I've found is you double it and then give it a little. Uh, and you're gonna <laughs> right there. Well, that well, that's why I doubled it and gave it a. Uh. Yeah, you gave it a. <laughs> he already did. You, you okay, gave okay. It give, a me, Tommy give me Lee to Pamela Anderson. Give me, an, give me another. Give me another chance. All right, thirteen million. Five and a half million. Ooh. Oh. Okay. I mean, if you think about it, you double it at four, and then give it a little bit more. I mean, that's I was still trying to be fair. I was trying to be fair to Master Romero. Sorry. I think the problem right, is yeah, you didn't yeah. have that big of a release. The, theatrically. It's, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So this was obviously written by the George A. No, I, I, let me rephrase that. The Sir George A. Romero. We 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 knighted him last episode. Yep. Uh, I, I sent an email over to uh, Queen Elizabeth, and 
uh, we got that in motion. Possibly. Yeah, okay. It was like, oh, yes, I will definitely knight this. Yes. <laughs> Zombies, they freak me out. Um, <laughs> George Romero, written and directed. This is starring, there's only one actor, actress in here that I really did recognize, but uh, Michelle Morgan as Deborah, Joshua Close as Jason. So, so Michelle Morgan doesn't really have any horror cred worth worth talking about joshua close close as jason he was an exorcism of Emily rose a couple other ones the it's, one it's, that a lot of people probably do recognize is going to be sean roberts so he played tony he was in land of the dead ironically enough he was in skinwalkers but most notably and fans of the show uh, are going to know this and i will say this without any reservations i am a huge huge Ron Jeremy style huge fan of the Resident Evil movies. No shame. <laughs> I fucking love them. And he 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 played he played Wesker in like the last three or something. So he, he was recognizable to me at least. Uh, Todd Schrader was Brody. He was in Bless the Child, Skinwalkers. You know, we had a handful of other actors in there as well that weren't really in much. A lot of these were young up and coming actors that I guess never really panned out kind of thing. So I want to say, I want to say, uh, kind of, kind of off the jump commendable. That's that's what for that commendable commendable. What acting? Oh, you think so? I think so. Okay. We'll have a conversation then. (laughs) We'll have a conversation. (laughs) A little trivia about this. So, Oh man, I don't, I don't like to show my cards prematurely i mean there's a lot of things i do prematurely but i don't like to show my prematurely. <laughs> yeah but before before you prematurely ejaculate there is a fan parody porn where it, it's revealed that deborah is jason Voorhees' stepsister and they fuck i could get down with that i made yeah. that up, as as you got I, made, I made that up but now i know what kind of perverts you guys are you fucking iowan and, and massachusetts perverts over there all high and mighty no uh minnesotan Minnesotian? <laughs> no, not mighty, just high. <laughs> Dude, Mr. Dan Chase is killing it over there. I see yeah. you. He is just shooting the shit out of that Jaeger. He's dancing. He's fucking grooving. He's inspiring me. The- I tell you what, I, I can tell you right now, we haven't even gotten into the review, and I'm, I don't know if we're going to have to. <laughs> oh, fuck you. yeah. Down it. <laughs> down it like, like they say. Oh, nice. Inspiration. Mm. <laughs> okay, a little trivia with this. And, okay, so where, where I was going with this originally is, is that, yeah, backtrack, I don't want to show my hands, but I, I'm a bit of a, Dan Chase, I'm a bit of a traditionalist when it comes to zombies, and especially yeah, with my Romero movies. Right. And he, he made this in a series but there's huge continuity errors that start with this. Right. Movie. right. And one of the problems I have is, is th- this movie was intended to start the exact same day as the night 1968 movie. Right. It's an updated version, obviously yeah. the cell phones, but it, it, it plays with the continuity. And I know that he had, I guess we'll call it a vision of where he wanted this to go. And he always 
to, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make this even shorter and say that I want to say that he was trying to come back with a money grab because he was trying to placate to the era. I mean, we got cell phones. We got disagree. Okay. Uh, We got cell phones. We got found footage coming through. I, I don't, I have a hard time believing that he was trying to put something out that he was because we can say with literally every single movie before and even survival after that he had, I would say an agenda or a plan. And I feel like this one kind of did not fit the bill. That's just mm-hmm. my, I hope I can, I hope I can change your mind by the end of tonight. All right. Well, I mean, is there anything you want to say? I mean, because I'm just going to blast off a couple trivia points here, but I mean, the, the trivia point was, is this is supposed to start the exact same day as night of the living dead but it's an updated modern version. Yeah, well, for me, I mean, again, the the continuity of the Dead series has always been muddy. I mean, you can't deny, like, yeah, even though you could say, yes, the first three could take place decade after decade as it gets worse, well, and even land, but still there's continuity errors if you want to nitpick in all of those films. Well, there is, because it doesn't follow the exact same storyline. Right. right character and and well that being said it doesn't bother me that this is maybe an alternate timeline reboot i just take it for what it is um from start to finish that, that, that that's how i and i'm trained that way with horror franchises because yeah do you want yeah don't make me go on my fucking halloween rant again go back to our, right. our f- fireside chat of halloween kills where i try to my best to break down the halloween franchise and that continuity fuck up clusterfuck right. bullshit. Um, so this movie I just took as a an experience. It, it's it's it yes it it it's a new version of 1968 done in 2000. What is it four? Seven. 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 So yeah, uh, I, ahead, I totally man. agree with that, man. And you know, as long as these movies are gonna continue to exist, well. It's kind of what you got to do, right? You got to kind of implement new stuff or whatever and fuck continuity. I mean, continuity now is kind of a joke, right? Because uh, especially with the Halloween franchise, they're literally telling you like, no, we're doing this. We're ignoring these. We're, t- we're cherry picking all these things that we love from the franchise and we're going to go forward. Uh, Romero does the same thing. He doesn't really care about continuity as much as getting the social commentary stuff across and then getting it done in a way where it's modern and it has a, a, a different kind of twist, a different little update on them. Um, I personally don't get caught up on that kind of stuff. Like I just don't care anymore because we've seen so many different, I mean, look, I just saw a Spider-Man trailer with like literally, you know, different Spider-Man and, and, and from different, movie universes none of that matters michael keaton's gonna be in the flash i mean everything is kind of um it's it's all bets off it's kind of the wild west as far as that stuff is concerned well i I gotta say i got i got a hard on when i whenever i heard michael keaton's voice in that fucking trailer i'm just saying i did right sorry (laughs) right and that's the thing so it's 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 realizing what people love about these movies and then trying to you know, combine it, bring it back, whatever, whatever version you decide to take, though, 
there's always going to be those things that are that are connected to the original that are kind of homages but then you got all these updated things as well and i don't know sometimes they fare well sometimes they don't sometimes it's a fucking complete disaster so i think this one this movie's really interesting uh in my eyes because it's definitely not fucking good but I really enjoy watching it every single time. Like the dialogue is so fucking ridiculous in this movie that watching it now, like Lacey, like Lacey's seen it and she's like, Oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Like, this is so bad. And I'm like, it gets worse. Just wait. And like, it did like, I was just talking shit, but like it did, it got fucking worse. So it, despite all those things though, you're right like they brought back like the slow moving zombies again and i don't know it just had certain charms about it that it doesn't matter kind of what new kind of stylistic you know with cameras or whatever things that you implement as long as those core things are there and fucking mix it up who cares okay so I've, i've got a little maybe we'll say counter argument and I agree. So I agree 100% with what both Dan and Tibu were saying about, so Dan was talking about the Spider-Man, Tibu was talking about Halloween. I, I agree with you guys with what you're saying in those universes. However, right. the difference in, I guess, where I'm coming from with the Romero series is that this is not controlled by big studio. This is not controlled by producers and executives and whatnot. This is still all the way through from night 1968 to the final survival of the dead. This is George Romero. There's, there's nobody telling him what to do as far as story or, or movies or whatnot. And I I honestly feel like you're, you're proven, not proving my point. I don't want to sound like arrogant, but I feel like you're, you're saying the thing I was going to say about it is like, no one controlled him through this. This is what he wanted to make. It is. I don't, it, I don't think it was a cash grab at all. So, well, okay. So I'll, 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 I'll expand on that a little bit more. And I think the difference is, 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 I mean, obviously there's going to be money to be made just to backtrack a little bit more to expand on that is this is 5 million worldwide. worldwide. So, so much money. George <laughs> Romero. I mean, he only got a $2 million budget for this, which I was a little bit surprised at. If you think about it, Land of the Dead was, Dead was actually pretty successful. I mean, worldwide, domestic, even the domestic, wasn't the domestic on that? Like, I think the budget was $5 million. Domestically, that was like $20 million. That's a huge success. Yeah. Worldwide, it was like $40 million. That was a very, very successful movie. I don't think he did anything from 2005 to 2007. So I'm a little bit dumbfounded as to why he only got a $2 million budget for this. But I, I mean, with the two, with, with the gap of only two years in the, in the movie from land of the dead to the diary of the dead, I just feel like it's, it's, I have a hard time believing that this was Romero. If, if I showed this to a bunch right. of people that weren't Romero fans, I think that they'd be like, you know, they, they'd yeah, hold I mean, on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. No, let's say you have a vision. And let's say you have a, uh, a crazy vision for a found footage horror movie where the zombie apocalypse is taking place and you pitch it and they won't trust you based on your last movie, even though it did pretty well, mm-hmm. it did. let's say they cut you down. So now you're dealing with that. Like, oh, fuck, I don't have the budget I want. So now all this shit gets taken out of my script that 
if you're listening during the movie, they mention things happening. Uh, they even mention like, oh, we took country roads to avoid this and that. I bet he, just like Day of the Dead, I bet he had a lot more set pieces in the script that would have been much bigger in scale to capture what he was trying to possibly, I'm, I'm speculating. I don't know the history of this movie at all. I'm just speculating and, and going off what I caught in the film and thought, I bet he would have loved to have filmed that, but he didn't have the budget. So the people rejected him. He got the money he got. He got the cast he got. Again, I say commendable. And I think the product, the end result, is the muddled down version of what a visionary is trying to put across. Doesn't have the money. Now, is that an excuse? A little bit, but for someone of his caliber, he probably should have figured out a better way to shoot some of this. Maybe got more out of his actors. I agree that could be a thing, but I don't know, man. I'm kind of I'm kind of looking at this movie in a maybe maybe again not knowing the history, maybe just a more optimistic. He got kind of stifled, even though he wasn't being controlled, stifled by budget. That that that's that's what maybe uh, impeded on the vision I think he actually had for this movie that was trying to talk about a society that's being overrun by social media years before it was a, actually a, a big problem. Um, right. I thought I think. Yeah. Me, uh, I, go ahead, Dan. I was gonna say too. People always look at the studio like it's a fucking bad thing. Like oh, like you know these people are are bringing in the money and they want to try and tell me well. Sometimes those people are good for productions, you know? I don't know. I think of, um, uh, what is it? Uh, Zack Snyder's fucking remake, you know, oh, yeah. of Dawn of the Dead. And, and look at that production. I mean, that's Snyder through and through. He's visually everything. But the story's there as well. Like, that's one of my favorite. That, that opener, dude, that fucking opener is so fire. It's so ridiculous. Like, holy shit that's how that's how you do it or whatever and yeah like you start to wonder well somebody with romero's name should just be able to fucking drop his name and everybody's just like yo here like you're the master right like so we would assume but then i start thinking well maybe he did want full creative control and with that comes you know a lot of not a lot of you know backing with a lot of studio and stuff like that so who knows? I, I do know this. And this is like one thing that I wanted to talk about because like I, I've been so excited um, these past couple weeks. So Lacey got an interview with Tom Savini and we sat there and chatted with him a couple weeks ago for about 45 fucking minutes. Dude, this guy was so fun. Like, and you could tell, like we watched his documentary and, you know, he was very well aware of like people's perception of him. And a lot of people say they didn't have the greatest run-ins with him or whatever. I didn't have that experience at all. He was the, he was like salt of the earth. You know, he's, uh, they were talking about how he runs his school in Pittsburgh, you know, uh, that's where this uh, movie takes place by the way. And, and how he's there at 5.00 AM. And he's like, Tom doesn't need to be there at 5 a.m. He just loves this shit, you know? And I think that at its core, that's what it is. You know, from our perspective and from a filmmaking, you know, why, you know, even when you think of Zack Snyder and all these big filmmakers, I think Romero just does whatever the fuck he wants to do. I'm sure he meant to have this low budget 
because it's found footage. And he's like, no, I just want to see what I can do. Like he's, he's that type of dude, you know? Um, oh, by the way, uh, Savini is in this movie with a voiceover mm-hmm. as well as fucking Tarantino, Wes Craven, all like the list goes on and on, which is so crazy. But that just shows you like he can flex he's if he wants. He's the godfather. Right, exactly. And when I was talking to Savini too, like, dude, we were just talking and I was like, so you watching anything for October? He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I just watched, uh, watched, watched the blob last night. And like, he got so excited. That's gotta be how Romero is. He just probably loves this shit so much that everything else in terms of budgets and, and how much money it's going to make, it probably comes fucking secondary because he's got money. Like he, like th- there's no way that those dudes got money. I understand funding for a film. It's they don't come up with it themselves. Well, I'm not sure like Kevin Smith or something, but like, you know what I mean? Like generally speaking, you rely on others. I don't know. I, I'm, not, Ke- I'm not Kevin saying Smith. <laughs> yeah. Shout out. To, shout out to the guy who married my wife and I. Oh, did. Oh, did he really? <gasps> yeah. That's amazing. Snoogans. Sorry. Just yeah. Snoo- oh, snoochy boochies. <laughs> Boo boo kitty fuck. <laughs> oh my god, uh, bro! Don't even get me started down this fucking. I, I knew as Kev- soon as you mentioned Kitty, Kevin Smith, I was like, I'm just gonna take a back seat to this. Kevin Smith <laughs> is Kevin Smith is one of my legit heat personal heroes. I love Same. him. I love it, dude. I Same. love his talks. I love his podcast. I love his movies. I, I took the journey of Tusk. Yeah. Through the podcast until it was a film. Me and my wife went see it in theaters, limited release. Um, sorry, I won't. I won't. <laughs> I can't keep going. I love Kevin Smith. Oh, yes. The but they're all one and the same, though. That like when I think of all these guys, I I never think of like because I, I like even Tarantino says it's not about opening weekend. It's about that weekend twenty years from now when a kid pulls that movie out of the sleepover. And it's just like boom. Now, did that happen with this movie? No, but it, but it's, but it's, it's still swinging not, for the fences. Not yet. Not yet. Right. 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 You yeah, never know. It could be. Right. Right. It will be for someone. For someone somewhere. I love that he brought up Tarantino for that because I'm also yeah. a huge QT fan. Um. Yeah, man. That that that's true. As I far. wanted to play devil's advocate real quick with what you guys had both said. So I I guess the devil's advocate part of me would be, you know, maybe going back to what Tibu was saying, as far as the, the producers and the funding kind of drying up. The the thing that boggles my mind is that this was a 2007 release, which means this had to have been a pretty quick turnaround from land of the dead. So if we look at the history of the Romero releases, we got night 68, Dawn 78, day 85, land 2005. And then all of a sudden we got land diary survival in a, what, four year period or something. Oh, five. Well, he, he, he was, get, he was getting old, man. Yes, he was getting old, but I feel, yeah. I mean, I guess I don't want to beat this dead horse anymore. Or you're beating it. And you're beating I'm it. it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching. I'm like grasping for you guys. <laughs> you pull me out of this bullshit that I, I'm. I'm, I'm pulling you. I'm pulling. Let me I tell want you guys to, to, to. He was. Show he me was the old. Me like- I'm gonna show you right now. He was old. He knew his time was limited, and he's got 
three movies coming out. He's he got he's in Hollywood. Like, 2017, 2018. Listen, he man. Years before he, this movie. <laughs> he was tired. Do you ever get tired? Let me ask you. Do you ever get tired? He nah, was dude, old and I got, tired. I got two kids. I'm tired every fucking day, man. I feel you, bro. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> and and got, but I also, with this film, though, I think its biggest detriment isn't necessarily even the, um, the shoehorning of the social commentary or the, the obviously, vi- like, visually, you know, the lack of a budget. But I think that it was... It was very much tongue in cheek. It was very much like um, we're gonna. He talk had a our lot movie. of fun with this movie, right? Exactly, and and that's what I was trying. Exactly, thank you. Because you can't take it very seriously. There literally, um, there there was a time, especially when all these found footage movies come out, and this is a big important part to this as well, where a lot of them were extremely heavy heavy, heavy handed with with walking you through it and hey we're editing this now so when you see it later that actually you know explains the edits like there's all this kind of uh bullshit really that a lot of filmmakers tried to do and i think that this movie got modeled with that as well and it was trying to fit into that that mold that found footage or whatever um mold as much as it was trying to be social commentary at the same time, you know, be a classic Romero movie. And what we got, I don't, I, I can't imagine it's what they, what he intended, but I can't help but have a blast watching this movie. Like just because of how fucking bad it is at some points. Like I just, I, I enjoy it. And I'm not here to like sit here and, and rag on it. I'm, I'm genuinely saying like, I realize it's fucking horrible, but I just think it's hilarious. Like, their excuses as to why, you know, they, they tell the dude, fucking put down the camera how many fucking times in this movie? Like, it's just hilarious. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And oh, they just yeah. Keep, yeah. Okay, so, so there's, <laughs> there's a couple of things I want to touch on. Uh, uh, well, there's a, there's a handful of things I want to touch, but I'm going to touch on a couple times <laughs> quick here. Uh, <laughs> No, seriously. Okay. Osuna's drunk. He's yeah. drunk. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to keep up with Dan Chase here. All right. I, he's 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 crushing the the he's the still crushing. Go like, oh my god. Uh, he just took another shot. That's like his eighth or ninth shot. <laughs> animal. Animal. We are we we are not worthy. We are not worthy. Oh, as he pours. Okay, let's, let's let's. So Dan, just to give you some context, I I am the biggest zombie nerd and the biggest George, Sir George A. Romero fan ever. All of his first three movies, tens. I even gave land of the dead an eight and a uh, nine and a half, uh, nice. oh, eight and a half, eight and a half, eight and a half flowers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that being said, I really want to like this movie and, and we're jumping the gun a little bit on the social commentary but the one thing that rewatching this now and then trying to put myself, you know, back in 2007 or whatever, when I saw it is that the social commentary with this one, I feel was, was done. You touched on this, Dan, and that I think most people watching this, even George Romero fans were kind of lost on that social commentary because this was done at 2007. So as Dan was saying, this is in the heyday of, of your, you know, phone footage movies and, and the cell phone and, 
you know, all, all that kind of stuff. I mean, because we got to be right around. When was the original Cloverfield? That had to have been right around this time too, right? I just watched that the other day. Yeah. And that, and that's why, no, like, I feel like I, I have things to relate it to because that there's a, there's a time period and they were all trying to do yes. a lot of stuff. And this was one of those movies. It was trying yeah, to do it lot. was. So it fits in there. So I think it's, it's just kind of funny looking at it now, thinking back that, yeah, it's it, at the time people were like, Oh, all right. Just another George Romero movie, blah, blah, blah. But looking at it, you know, 14 years later or whatever it is we're like oh yeah he was pretty on the nose with everything so but right anything you want to add tibu before i carry on with a couple more trivia points uh yeah cloverfield was 2008 i saw it in theaters okay uh lo love those movies all three um and i think you're underestimating george's fucking vision that's all i gotta say <laughs> all right all right so there were some, I would say, callbacks in this movie. You can hear the original news report from the 1968 movie when they're in the warehouse. So when they go in there and they're meeting with the um, the, the black licorices trying to, I guess, that were hiding everything, hoarding or whatnot. You can hear that playing in the background. And there were a lot of cameos in this. Dan Chase did mention that. So we had cameo. We, and when I say cameo, they were voice cameos. So we got Tarantino, we got Craven, we got Simon Pegg, we got the Stephen King, and Tom Savini, also Guillermo del Toro. All, Holy shit. All were doing cameos in this, and they were all during the news reports as far as that goes. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, he was, like, shining his, like, bat wing up into the sky, <laughs> getting all of his homeboys coming in to – to help him out so like literally the best directors ever to live Respect, ever right yes yeah that's it that says so much though like i don't even care if your movie shit if you get tarantino like like tarantino and fucking uh and what is it little nicky is amazing <laughs> i haven't seen or even heard anybody mutter that name in a long fucking time what little nicky when when he's like when he's like fucking blind in the streets and he's like <laughs> yes. freaking the fuck out and he falls down the subway. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Exactly. No, right. that's amazing though. That just shows you, that just shows you his power. Oh man. We are, we are powerful Tarantino. I don't, Tibu, I don't want to say we're off tangent, but hot damn. If we haven't spent a few minutes on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, well, we have a lot to discuss. This is yeah, let's, the divisive let's part right of the trilogy, man. Let's get right into it. Okay. So we, we've trekked through uh, the land of the dead, and now we are at Diary of the Dead. This movie, again, is a bit off of the uh, beaten path, right, from the original timeline. Well, I mean, technically of, it's the exact same day and night of the timeline, just an updated, modernized version. So, so we start off with an opening, opening ambulance scene where like these paramedics are showing up. People have been killed in this apartment complex. Someone apparently bit someone. I don't know. I have to interrupt. I, I love, I have got these little stories I throw in every once in a while. So <laughs> last night, you know, Dan was like, let's do this. Or a couple nights ago, 
we're, we're doing Tuesday. I'm like, fucking sweet. Let's do it. I'm going to rewatch this. So I'm fresh. So my wife, uh, I got home late. My wife was bringing my son back from, from hockey practice and my daughter was whatever. So I was home alone. I'm like, I'm going to start this movie up and I start watching it. I watched like 30 seconds and then I had like a work phone call I had to take. So I had to pause half hour later, wife and kids are home. I'm like, Oh shit, it's late. They're getting to bed. And, and I've got a bunch of these stories on the podcast as well. So my kids are six and eight and they're very, very intrigued with every time they hear a podcast. Cause all I do is listen to podcasts. They're like, dad, is that you? So they're very intrigued with everything. And they're obsessed with horror movies, even though I don't let them watch most of them. My, my son went to his Michael Myers this year, by the way. That's dope. So, oh, hell yeah. Yes. Anyways, my daughter is getting ready for bed. My son is uh, um, putting his hockey stuff away. And I didn't realize he was standing behind me watching the movie. So I'm like, oh, it's quiet. So I'll, I'll play it. I played the first five minutes of this, <laughs> which is the scene that he is talking about, which is pretty, you know, whatever it's it's pretty mild as far as that goes but it is kind of gruesome too with the gunshots that were coming up so anyways my story concludes where i pause it because i heard footsteps and it was him and i'm like oh shit how long <laughs> is watching back there oh nothing are those zombies dad and i'm like yeah fucking go to bed so I went to <laughs> like 10 minutes later i hear my wife yelling did you brush your teeth so he gets up to go brush his teeth and my in my son's the age now where he you know, you got to fight him to do this shit. So she right. goes watching the bathroom to see if he's brushing his teeth. So she's just watching. He turns. I, I know this only from a story afterwards because all I hear is I'm watching the movie. All I hear is, ah! <laughs> he turned around from brushing his teeth and didn't know my wife was there. He's <laughs> terrified from the movie already. So yeah, we had, we had an, uh, an eight year old crawling into our bed because of, Five minutes of the intro of this fucking movie. Oh, <laughs> there yes. you go. That's why one day this is going to be someone's fucking introduction into horror films, man. Yeah, you it get was. this opening scene where these paramedics are trying to take care of all these dead people from this apartment. And this, this uh, newswoman and her cameraman are there on the scene. And the dead start coming back to life. And... <laughs> There's no social commentary whatsoever in this film because over the radio or no, it's, 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 it's actually a cop that's there. That's like, uh, yeah, it's probably some people from over the border. And <laughs> by the way, this film takes place in the midst of the, well, we're still in it kind of, but uh, the, the midst of the George W. Bush uh, war in Iraq. So and you know you get you get that mixed in with uh people being worried about illegals crossing over the border this this never comes up in the film one of my favorite lines is the cameraman being like this guy this fucking guy because he's (laughs) he's watching this dude fucking eat like a subway sandwich from from one of the (laughs) animals yeah i'm just like this is so fucking this is the best and then yeah (laughs) You get the CGI bullet shots. The zombies come back to life. Boom, boom, boom. Try the head. And then they fucking get killed. You know, like it's the head splatter. And you get some, some, some shitty mix of CGI with practical effects here. Right. Practical effects are awesome. CGI is Save okay. Save your money on the fucking CGI and get 
Sir Tom Savini back. That's what I got to say. I, 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 I don't disagree with you at all. Uh, why would I? That's stupid. But I'll say for this movie and for the viewing experience so far, I'm in. I agree. And then you get the opening monologue where it explains why you're watching a found footage movie, why there's a score, all that shit. You get introduced to it's Jason Creed's Death of Death documentary. So I've said this before on either the nightclub or on here. And if I haven't said it on here, you're going to hear it again briefly. Found footage for me is a tricky topic. And as long as the filmmaker can establish why I'm watching a found footage movie, I'm kind of cool with it after that. I can suspend my disbelief. And this movie immediately said stupidly, but succinctly and straightforwardly, I've edited this movie from the footage we shot. I've put in sound to scare you. And I want you to be scared because I want you to wake up and realize you can survive and not make the mistakes we made. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, movie, you, you, you told me. So I'm giving in. I'm, I'm giving in now. Whatever I see found footage, cool. I guess that's what's going to happen. Characters might make dumb decisions that might play in later. But as for right now, I'm sold. Let's go. Do you think it's necessary, though, for them to do it right out of the gate in the beginning of the movie to kind of um, – because you actually see them editing the fucking movie later on. So you can I, easily I, piece that together. You know what I mean? I would say based on the ending and what happens yeah. to a certain character at the end, I would say right. for this story, yeah. it, you know, perhaps it's, it's the right thing to do. Maybe. I don't know. Like, again, like, I agree with you, man. This is dumb fun. This is a dumb, (laughs) fun movie. But I also think that there's some real effort that went into this movie at the same time. And and I do think that that Romero really thought about what he was trying to say. This Um, was also kind of new in the whole found footage as well, too. So that's actually one of the notes I wrote down was I I did feel it was a little bit heavy-handed in trying to portray that which maybe i don't i don't disagree i don't disagree it's very heavy-handed it was necessary and and where it needed to be but just myself watching it i felt it was it was pretty heavy-handed because you know dan mentioned this before too how many fucking times did they relay that message of why they're doing this in the character right right out of my face no we need to shoot this hey say this do you know why you got to say this? You got to say this because other people are going to watch it. I, I, I made mental note of when he said that, and I still kind of feel personally, like with this story and the way that it, it plays out, I'm just watching this movie and absorbing it by itself to see the film. Right. Again, dumb fun. But I, I kind of still, again, because of my found footage, um, the way I look at those movies and, and, and what I want them to give to me heavy handed, no doubt, no right. doubt. It's like right away, she tells you everything and it's like, okay, well, I guess that, that was clearly explained to me. Like I'm a kindergartner. Yeah. But- <laughs> That's what I was going to say is I felt like he was you know, in Romero's mind. He's like, we're going to preemptively answer all these questions for these people. But again, again, he's old and tired. He was only like, do I need, <laughs> do I need to say any more? He was old when this came out, wasn't he? That is no excuse. He's old and tired. You're not old and tired when you're fucking 60. 
and you're like six foot eight and you've been hobbling around on these tall knees forever, please let me know. Man, Stan Lee's still doing cameos and he's been dead for a minute. Like, no, like I don't, I don't doubt that getting <laughs> can, can hinder your your ability, but at the same time, like, okay, realize that I'm, and put somebody dude, else I'm, in charge of them. I'm thirty. I'm thirty two, going on thirty three, and I'm already fucking done. Right. <laughs> so trust me, I, I feel, yeah. I feel that Romero pain. Uh, that that whole thing though with the with the camera thing as well though they did that brilliantly and and I think obviously more effectively in the Blair Witch when he takes the the fucking camera from Heather and he's like here's your motivation you're lost in the woods fucking nobody's coming to get you and she's crying and you're like holy fuck you know um and I felt absolutely. like with this th- th- this is what like what so seven eight years later yep. and and. It's weird, like it doesn't work for for the reasons that I guess they want it to work, but accompanied with the cheesy dialogue and them heavy-handedly walking us through it, it kind of makes for a unique, bizarre experience, especially, I think, as time will go on, because now, I mean, look at anybody can fucking make movies now, technically, on their phone. Everybody says that, right? I can make a, like, you really fucking can. It's not no, you be can. Good. You can. Yeah, you yeah, can. No. But I, I, unless you're Steven Soderbergh and you can fucking, you know, like, you're nasty with it. Like, I, I get the point, but, like, I think people get um, wrongfully motivated when they hear shit like that. But in this, in this day and age, it's like you can make movies doing whatever that I feel like them walking us through it or, or, and, you know, being heavy handed with it. It's, it's borderline comedy, if not full on fucking comedy, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but, but, but I always thought that Romero was fucking the dude, like in on the fucking joke. You know what I mean? Like he, I, I, I don't know. I just get yes. the vibe. Like he's just, he knows what the fuck he's doing. Like we've seen him make amazing movies too. Is this I one of them? I no, think that's but, why. Yeah. I think that's why in 07, before this became what it became, I think before he got was. Yeah. I, well, I, I think he be- knew what was coming and, and said it in right. this movie to a certain Make extent. No doubt, when he made this yeah. movie and the way he did it and the heavy-handedness, there are people that are watching that are like, yeah, what's that movie? Not Half-Baked. Um, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Days of the Yeah, he's, they're like, Oh yeah, I mean it, it, it's working for people for sure. So, but let's let's get back into the movie here because next scene we meet our cast of characters. We they're out in the woods shooting a movie. Essentially, it's a mummy movie in the woods. It's it's a mummy movie, and this this plays into setting the scene, setting the standard, giving us the reason why this is a found footage. We meet our cast of characters. We meet Jason, who is the director. We meet... I'm going to be honest right now. I had a hard time keeping up with all the characters. <laughs> well, it we doesn't don't, even we, matter. Yeah. We, don't, we, don't, matter. we don't do a roundtable yet. Um, right now, we're just like shooting the film, and you get introduced to the professor that promises everyone college credits for like sticking yeah. around because Jason has <laughs> a vision. Or, I had the hardest time. Like I was... I would have bet somebody a hundred bucks that that guy was in either a thousand movies or in like right. one or two movies that everybody would have seen. 
and he was in nothing. I'm like nothing. What nothing? He's great. He's guy. the best. He's yeah. the best. Yep. Yep. I no, agree. And, and he went to archery school even. Yep. <laughs> I just see the guy sipping bourbon, being like, I'm just here. I'm here. Follow you. Guys. Oh, I, I, I did think that he did have a line in there that always stuck uh, with me for some reason, where he was like, not so much a home. He's like, just a place. And he was oh. just like talking. You know what I mean? Like, for some reason, there's certain lines in this movie where I'm just oh, like, there, there's huh. plenty. I think there's plenty of, of great lines in this movie, and I'll, I'll chime in on those when I, when I find them funny or deep like that. Yeah, I think there's yeah. actually a lot. I think, I think again, I want to say the commendability of the cast, I think they did an okay to, to good job, and the dialogue in certain parts were cheesy, but at the same time, I think, I think a lot of the dialogue in this movie was really good. It depends on what was being said and in what context, but like you just pointed out, like you have a line that you go back to over and over, and I find that there's a few scenes in this movie that have those kinds of lines, funny or deep. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, it's like um, it's like weird, weirdly woven through because there's so much dumb shit going on too, but then they'll just drop it, and then and then they'll they'll run over a cop on fire or something <laughs> you know it's like what <laughs> okay i want to say everyone needs to pee at this moment like like when they're finding out that like oh shit there's a zombie apocalypse there's like two people that need a pee and jason's immediately like this is all falling apart <laughs> god damn dude right <laughs> there's a line right here where they're like uh well, they find out that they find out that the dead are waking up and, and people fucking leave. And Jason's like, well, I got to go to the college to make sure Deb's OK. So he's in the fucking woman's dorm. And Boss Tuna brought up this line. This is one of my favorite lines of the whole movie, because he's like, oh. uh, uh, Jason's walking through the dorm with his camera on, uh, obviously found footage. And he sees a guy with a TV or something in his hands. And he's like, hey. Who are you? He's like, <laughs> who are you? Yeah, he's like, I, I'm me. I'm stealing shit. But who are you <laughs> in the woman's dorm with a camera? And then it's like, dude, that is so amazing. That scene is the best. It was, I laughed. It was kind of funny. Off. It's important to note that when we meet the cast of characters in the woods, we have two of them that drive off. So there's radio broadcasts going on. People are finally hearing shit going down which right. oh, man, i've got so many things written down and, and issues and problems and I, i'm not going to bring them all up but we hear the news news reports coming in so people are realizing shit's going down they're starting to freak out so we have this, the mummy leaves and he's offering hey who's going with me they get in a nice car you can tell he's got money and it's 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 him and some chick uh that take off and we're like, okay, well, I guess they're gone. I mean, anyone that knows movies are like, yeah, we'll run back into them later on. And right. they're going back to the college because Jason needs to find his girlfriend. So they're in the women's dorm right now looking for, I believe it was, was it Deborah? That's Deb, it. yeah. Yep. So Jason's the, the director as well too. So yeah, they go, they find Deborah. Oh man, the acting. Oh, I know you guys were like, oh, it's not that bad. I'm not trying to nitpick on this, but 
I had some 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 problems, some overacting. <laughs> it just didn't. No, work. it was horrible. I agree. Just oh, for okay. the record, I agree. Okay. It was atrocious. Okay, I thought I thought you were on 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 the side where. Like, yeah, no, no. See, I'm 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 the odd man out because I find the acting in this film, like I said, commendable. I I don't think there's a horrible actor. Deborah drove me nuts in this scene. This this scene alone, I was like, fuck, come on. It hurts my heart. It hurts my heart. How are you the lead? Yeah. <laughs> it hurts my heart because I love Romero. I, I And this is the first time that we've talked about this in a Romero movie where I'm like, right. oof, duh. I honestly didn't find this. I honestly didn't find the acting in this film any worse or better than in Day of the Dead. <gasps> you watch your lips. I, I, no, I, 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 Look, and I, I'm including the scene where where uh, John talks to uh, I forget the character's name, the actress Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. John and Sarah talk and have their philosophical Jason? exchange in the Oasis. No, no, no. Oh, I'm saying oh, in day, in day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I, I find some of the dialogue and performances on par with that. Um, again. The performances in Day of the Dead aren't also the like Marlon Brando and The Godfather. They're over the top, crazy performances. So I don't really. And same with Dawn. I don't find this to be off kilter for performances in a Romero film. To be honest with you, you must be easy to please. No, I'm. Well, no. Angel, maybe. can we get some some clarification on this, please? <laughs> <laughs> I, she knows I like them slow boys, and y'all don't even know what the fuck that is. Whoa. Um, yeah. uh, you cut that out that you like no. slow boys. No. Or, no. You like them Forrest Gumps. Nice and slow with the legs. <laughs> <in there. laughs> I, may, I may not be a smart man. Oh, man. But I know what love is. <laughs> Travis got <laughs> without his hands here in a second. Listen, <laughs> I, I drank 15 Dr. Peppers. <laughs> I drank 32 Dr. Peppers. <laughs> I had to pee. No, uh, <laughs> I love Forrest Gump. So, no, the, the, I, I really do don't, I don't find that the acting in this film is really that much off from the normal Romero performance. Uh, I'm being serious. Um, All right. Yes, yes, there's some moments that are overly written, perhaps, but. I also enjoy Halloween Kills a lot, so uh, same thing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, I I find that this this style of B horror, what you would call trash, bleeds into like malignant and like Halloween Kills into fans that love that over the top right. silly shit. But when it's done good, it's done good, and I I. I don't know. I kind of dig what's right. going on in this. Evil dies tonight. I don't oh, saying that for my intro. And then, oh, what? Evil dies tonight, cause. <laughs> oh fuck! All right, let's get this back into the movie here. So we're at the college. We pick up Deb, Jason's girlfriend, and we're starting a road trip. We're gonna head over essentially to drop them all off at their families. The the film was no. Let me rephrase that. The movie. <laughs> this fucking, I'm gonna take a drink. No, it's not. It's not a yeah. Drink, take a drink, and it's not a film. It's a movie. 
Yeah, you get your round table in the RV of, of Jason and Mary, Deb, Tony, Elliot, Gordo, and uh, the girl who's like, don't mess with Texas. What's her name? Oh, she's the dimey one. That's I, great. I, I love her. Yeah, yeah, I love her. Yeah, she was good. Crazy. Again, I thought she was going to be in some shit. Again, nothing. <laughs> IMDb is an empty. Mm-hmm. I want to say she's one of my favorite characters in the film. Tracy is yeah. the Texas girl along with the drunken professor. Um, I, I think they're both great. Max Maxwell, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah her, Maxwell Armitus, something like that. Maybe he's part scene, of the get the get out clan. Yeah. Her scene at the end was fantastic. I love how they begin the movie, obviously, you know, making a movie and then they end it with her and, and she brings all those, <laughs> don't mess with text, all those things. And they play the music and shit, too. Like, this movie's so fucking stupid, but I love it. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that, that, that's one of those parts when you know what you're watching. Like, yep. it, And it's obvious well, before this to me, but that's one of the parts. You just have to love it for it's so – he's doing – he's going right. to that level. Romero said, I, yeah. fuck it, go to that level. And I'm like, hell yeah. Well, when, when he went to that dorm and that dude came out, it's funny, like, we talk about it, it's a funny <laughs> line, but, but for me as a viewer, though, and I only realized this, obviously, on rewatch, looking back now in retrospect, but that was the moment where um, I settled into the tone. Like when he laughs and fucking runs away like a little cartoon character. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, I'm Here like. Fucking microwave. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, like, he's in a college dorm. Like, this is like, it's, it's Richard really fucking stealing a, a fucking computer. So and at the just, same time, at the same time, Romero's already made social commentary on illegals crossing the border, the war in <laughs> Iraq, terrorism, and looting when Hurricane Katrina hit fucking Louisiana. I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Well, Because later in the film, they they encounter an all-black militia that has, they say. That's not on the nose. That that should have given you a bloody nose with how on the nose that. Well, but but some people, some people don't know maybe the racial part, but some people don't know what it was like to be in Louisiana in New Orleans at that time. Whenever right. it was like, this isn't looting. This is doing what you have to do because the media made a big fucking story about this shit. Like, oh, look, white people are uh, finding resources. And they, they, then they would turn around and say, look at these looters. And guess what? Everyone on camera was black. Bullshit. There's a difference of looting and a difference of carrying TVs out of a Walmart. No, but dude, no. Right. Okay, yes, there is. But what I'm saying is that they would paint the story however right, the media right. and that was george's point throughout this and they made the point later when he's like it's they, not the mainstream they, anymore they, they're they, dead they, now it's the indie vloggers it's the people on, on like backpacking through this shit that are pu- putting it out there and that's what's happening now and i i, I i'm showing my hand a little but dude i think he was really on point with a lot of the shit that was coming down the pike and and being representative of the time the movie came out like he was in the past decades with all the social commentary that he had i i i think he did good on that on that on that part i think he fulfilled to a lesser degree than what he would have had with a bigger budget a certain amount of his vision came through to me and i i've seen this movie now 3 times um originally when it came out 
was not mm -hmm. impressed. Gotta say, saw it again in preparation for this review, and then saw it again tonight. Yep. So, three watches, not impressed the first time at all. We'll, we'll see where you're at tonight. No, no showing hands. I've uh, shown a little bit of my hands. Yeah, man. you have. Let Let's carry on though, because we're 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 now in in the in the RV. We're we're going cross country. We, we get. Yep. I don't, don't want to say over the top, but we get the in your nose. This is why it's a found footage movie. This is why we're narrating it. Here's our cast of characters. We come across our first wreck. And finally, after about 25 minutes into the movie, we see our first zombie. Like in, this, outside of disagree. the. Disagree? Yeah. Well, okay. Yep. 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 <clears throat> oh, yeah, I. I want to add this too. I think the zombies look great. I know it was Nicotero on there doing his thing. I think that everything as far as that, because I mean, we're talking Romero, obviously you want to talk about like the looks and everything. I thought everything like that was completely on par. And while there is a lag, a lull, if you will, in the beginning of the movie that you just said you go so long without it. I do think that once you see that first zombie, that there's there's a good amount uh, to up until the end, I think. Anyways, yeah, for the most part, it's pretty good. There's there's a couple of zombies I had problems with, and it's the one that <laughs> yeah. there's there's continuity errors as well too, because there's zombies oh. that turn within ten seconds of dying, ah, and there's zombies yeah. that take potentially an hour, two hours, but then there's some that like, hey. I'm a zombie now, so my eyebrows are going to be swollen about four inches out. I'm going to look like Nicki Minaj coming to take a bite off. <laughs> well, hey, hold on. How deep were the bites? Eat your ass like a cupcake. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, for real. How deep were the bites? How deep were what? Does bites. that matter? Bites? Yes. It doesn't matter. Yes, because it does, because how long does it take to turn into a zombie? How much We're did they bloodstream? It's okay, I'm, talk I'm talking it fucking. Doesn't matter if it's capillaries, veins, or is it an ar arterial? But this is this is one thing though that that's kind of um, I, I one of the biggest things about Romero and and how the rules. I mean, the rules are obviously different from any zombie iteration. I do think that The Walking Dead, when they hone in on certain things like this, even when some things that they kind of went around in the beginning. Like you've pretty much over the years gotten all the answers and they've created their own universe. I feel like with Romero, he, it's almost like a, uh, a Cliff Notes version, if you will. So he'll throw a bunch of these things at you or whatever. None of them really ha has to stick because let's face it, in the next movie, it's probably going to be a different continuity right. again. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. so he's very loose with them, almost like it doesn't matter. And I guess in the end, it really doesn't um, with, with the story that he's trying to tell. Do you know what I'm saying? But like, It doesn't, and then it, it also progresses too because for the most part, outside of this movie, each, each of the movies, if we look at it with the traditional, you know, each movie taking place at its own timeline, it, it progresses at that same rate as well. So, Right, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. I want to back up Dan right here. Um, he he doesn't care about continuity like that because he from from the first film, Night of the Living Dead, he had a zombie use tools. Then in in Dawn, he had um, zombies showing intelligence and remembering things. And then in Day, you have Bub. In Land, you have Big Daddy. 
and then now you have no evolution of zombie intelligence whatsoever. <laughs> I met so, him at a convention once. That was that's fucking hilarious. I haven't thought of that since. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in Chicago. Yeah. No. Shit. <laughs> well, it's funny. I told the story. We had a the the college I went to in northern Minnesota. We had a gas station that looked exactly like the one at Big Dad. Oh man. <laughs> So, well, let's get back to the movie here because we're still in the in the Winnebago. We're going through the car passes. It runs. We assume that the car passes is probably the passenger car, and it hits the sheriff. Otherwise, if I was a sheriff, I'd probably have the lights on. And this is where we we finally see the trauma that affects Mary because Mary is the one driving the Winnebago, and she has to essentially run over people, which they don't know are zombies at this time. So I think this plays into how she ends up, how she does, if you will, because she's running over zombies, but she doesn't quite know they're zombies yet. Right, right. And with the cop too, I just will. That's that same scene, right? When she's yeah. driving with yep, the yep. burnt cop, right? <laughs> it's funny to me though, because because again, the guys, these are fucking slow ass zombies, right? So we're all watching him walk up to the Winnebago in real time. And we're seeing him, but then they'll do they do a quick static cut, and then he's right up against the ah, and yep, she jumps yep. like bitch. You saw him coming a mile away. What the fuck you mean ah? Hit the gas and let's fucking keep it yep, moving. Yep. What are you doing? Like what oh, is this? Oh, we can't so, get around this, uh, bitch. Yeah, you can. There's fucking forty <laughs> feet on the right side of that car. Hit it, hit it. The yep. gas is right there. What do you mean? I mean, little stuff like that always. You have Tibu feet. That's why Tibu's got feet big enough. <laughs> what I would have done, I would have grabbed his gun and murked him after, but or before. But yeah, that's just me. <laughs> All right, well, Tibu. <laughs> so I, <laughs> yeah, Mary runs over some people, and she's pretty fucked up about this. So she shoots herself. Um, <laughs> And again, this is when you get some really cool dialogue mixed with, with like the fucking cheesy shit. But they they bring Mary to an abandoned hospital. You find out it's abandoned. Hold on, I got time. I got to pause you real quick, Tibu. I'm sorry to interrupt before this, but the very first note I wrote down on this is okay. So now that we know the context of the movie and where it's at, this is taking place the very same night that the whole quote-unquote zombie apocalypse starts. Do you find it believable, or maybe this is me, you know, deep diving into this, getting a little bit too critical, but do you find it believable that she would commit suicide this so soon into the apocalypse? Because this is literally like a couple... She's not com- She's not committing suicide because they're zombies. She's committing suicide because, because the people, she people. Right? I yeah. mean... Yeah, I, I get that. I just I felt I had no problem forced. No problem with that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I felt that it was intended. Like, oh my god, the zombies are here. We're dead. We're never whatever. But I don't I'm know. being honest. I, I I have no problem with it. No. All right. All right. No, I was just curious. I just wrote that down just to get your guys' gauge on that. I felt that what, was. What do you think, Dan? Forced. I think. I, I think when when uh, you're doing kind of a compression of emotions, meaning like you're doing a, a movie that's an hour and a half long and you're going to show, you know, the whole gambit of the zombie apocalypse from beginning to end to to show somebody's reaction to it. See, I thought that 
more so the um, the girl going to her house later was more of a personal reaction as opposed to this here. Like I thought this, I I, I get why they did it, but but it's a little fucking extra. Like hold on, like just <laughs> save that bullet for a zombie. Like no, but but I, I, again I get it. Like they want to show the full gambit of emotions, and you're gonna have that one person uh, that caves and just wants out and I, that's just kind of fucking kill themselves. No, you're, you're right. I just felt that that was, I guess what I would call elementary in to- I agree. filmmaking. Totally. Oh yeah. And no, hundred. I, I agree with all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, no, I, you I, guess, about, uh, yeah. I guess I'm the only one that this, that, that scene actually took me by surprise. Oh that yeah. She killed herself. Yeah. Like, and I, I consider myself a seasoned horror fan. Um, I mean, I've seen everything from fucking the cabinet of, of Dr. Caligari to street trash. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I didn't, I, I again, it's just my observation. Of, yeah, 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 no, yeah. Both, both of y'all's and my difference of opinion is like, yeah, it, it, I didn't, didn't take me, uh, by it, it did take me by surprise. I was like, oh shit, she shot herself. What the fuck? <laughs> well, I haven't seen uh, both of those films that you mentioned, and I am not a seasoned horror fan. <laughs> Apparently, uh, no, no, you, you definitely gotta, you are. Gotta, like, have a hundred dollar glass we've of all, wine to watch that Caligari bullshit because that's a stupid. no. I've no, seen no, Freddy vs. Jason like thirty times. I saw it in I theaters. Dude, that thirty times. I fucking love that movie. I love Freddy vs. Jason. Ten out of ten. <laughs> what anyone says, that movie's the best. Oh, <laughs> it's a miracle that it even happened. Straight For real. For real. I'm going to reel so, this back in. So we're back at yeah. the hospital. And yeah, she shoots herself, but she's not dead. She's got a pulse. They take her to this hospital. And this is where I would say we start getting into our second act. Well, yeah, because at this point, you have um, Jason charging his batteries in the hospital, staying with a dying Mary. Everyone else goes to like explore and find help, and then Mary starts to turn. And Gordo, at this point, has been traumatized by shooting multiple zombies, I guess. And the professor, the drunken professor, takes the gun from Gordo and is like, "You can't do this. I'm gonna shoot Mary." He shoots Mary. Uh, right after that, uh, during the monologue that like uh, Deb often gives throughout the film, like every time there's a transition, you see these intersplice clips of like war footage and a pandemonium. Like shock it, value. Yeah, yeah. But but she's always saying something that relates to something. And in this moment, she that Romero's talking about how people will react to a tragedy and the quote that i wrote down is that we we don't like if you see a car accident you slow down to look you don't stop to help yeah so that's a deeper even that's not even social commentary it it is but it's even deeper it's 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 human nature it's like the rubbernecking like the 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 i want to see the 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 crazy shit but i don't want to deal with it you know it's death. Ultimately, it's the it's death. You know, and, another and, problem I had too, and 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 this is just me being a maybe a hunting nerd, but she's got that little gun, 
it's it's a little 380 that holds maybe six plus one, you know, which is six in the magazine, one in the chamber. Unless she had like five magazines, this guy has a shitload of ammo with him. And that that I, I'm not gonna say that's a con because it's it's in every movie out there, but I'll just say it's distracting to me. Like right. you know, Romero, I mean, for it's funny he should know better. That was distracting me, as well as just you know, these college kids, you know, these 30-year-old college kids picking up this pistol <laughs> and just murking guys with fucking headshots every time. I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that happens a lot <laughs> in zombie movies, doesn't it? But you're right, though. You said something like, Romero should know better. And there, there are a lot of times during this movie where I said that to myself, where it's like, it's almost like it, it, it's borderline satirical. Like, is it set? Like, is this so? Is he mean? Like, that, that's what like that. is it intended? Right. Exactly. And, but that's the thing, too. Now it's hard to look in retrospect now because of The Walking Dead, because of all of these shows that are that that kind of focus in on all these different aspects. That to have it portrayed in a movie like this, where it's very much like, you know, eh. Who cares? Like you said, seven, eight, nine shots. Eh, who knows? You know, yep. like it's kind of like, well, wait a minute. Like that's those are important things. So yeah, it makes you think if it was if it was intentional one way or the other. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Moving along, we exit the hospital scene. We're back on on the road. Oh well, well, well yeah. In the hospital, uh, Gordo, yeah, who's been killing everyone, he gets bit. Yes, he does. He and, gets marked. Yep. And we don't and, know that, that that causes the reaction at this point though. Right. No, well, not not in the continuity of the film, but uh, again, if you watch zombie movies, yeah, you know he's well, fucked. We we know, but the <laughs> don't know, yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. So he, he dies and in the next scene it's like they're they're like uh, debating whether or not we should shoot him. And uh Tracy takes the fucking you know the gun and when gordo wakes up dead she shoots him point blank in the head and the professor is like poor gordo he just flunked out <laughs> i just <love> that. <laughs> and as they're driving away they're listening to this they're listening to like like this televangelist who's like the hunger will not cease get on your knees get yes. on your knees Get on, Get your, on your fucking, fucking knees. knees. <laughs> <laughs> that shit just kills me, man. Wild out. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, wild out for sure, dude. I'm like, oh, this is the this is a ten out of ten right here. Like that's the best. I love that shit. It's so stupid, but it's so great. It it adds to this movie is a mixed bag, man, for yeah. sure. We've already just yeah. a cornucopia of just jism, just pure <laughs> just pleasure. All the fucking world. Oh, I, I, I jism went back into my stomach hole. I, I agree with Dan <laughs> from the start. This is a stupid movie that's so good to rewatch every it time. Is. It is, man. I yeah. So yeah, Gordo dies. The priest, blah blah blah. Uh, all the kids from from Pitt State break down in their RV and they come across my third favorite character of the film. He was the deaf 
the deaf fucking Amish guy shows up and he's got a little chalkboard around his neck to communicate with people. He's like, don't worry, I can read your lips, but I'm going to respond to you with this chalkboard. Even though it's clear, <laughs> Elliot hear him say, like, who are you? He's like, who are you? He's like, he's asking who we are and they have to communicate. So the Amish guy fucking straight up says, hurry up, get in the barn with your fucking Winnebago because there's zombies coming. And he throws a fucking stick of dynamite and blows up a bunch of zombies. And I'm like, Looney Tunes, straight fucking Looney Tunes. Best. This is the best. I'm loving this. Loving it. Now, this dude, though, was also in that movie that I mentioned before. He's in Dawn of the Dead. He's the dude fucking driving the truck. Like him and the other guy um, are both in it uh, in the next. Oh, few in, in the yeah. four one. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yep. he's that. And I was trying to think. I was like, where do I know this guy from? And I just remember him saying, "Excuse me a moment. I just need a minute to compose myself." And that's when he just yep. fucking drove the truck into the mall, dude. I'm like, oh, it's that yeah, guy. That's I, yeah, that's a good call. I didn't even catch that. Yeah. I, it took me like 20 minutes, but I, it clicked and I, I celebrated. Broke his yeah. legs and he fell down the fucking... Yes. Poor guy. And then the other guy later that, that we come across too, who's the guy who uh, I believe, oh man, yeah, he comes with that same guy in the truck. So I, I just thought that was fucking cool. Yeah. Good call. Oh, yeah, yeah. dude. <clears throat> well... They're getting their RV fucking fixed. Uh, Texas girl, again, she knows her shit. She's fixing the fucking uh, fuel pump or the fuel lines, rather. And zombies start cascading in. They're, they're surrounding the barn. And, and now you have a chase scene that ensues, well, or like a suspense scene that ensues where they're trying to close the back door before the zombies get in. The uh, Texas girl gets the fucking RV all ready to go, and then Mr. Amish guy gets sidelined while everyone's boarding the RV, and he fucking takes himself out. There's a zombie biting his neck. He takes a scythe that he picked up earlier, by the way, and he has a cool silhouette. I just want to say, yeah. cinematography yep. in this movie isn't always bad. It's not. Right. Just gotta say, and yep. and then this effect was really cool. CGI or not, I was still like, damn, that's cool. That was. Fucking Amish guy swings the scythe through his own fucking face into <laughs> the zombie behind him and fucking kills himself and the zombie. CGI and was fuck, so fucking bad. It was hard to be believable. Just I, 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 okay, well, I, I, I was sold on the, on the scene. So, I don't know. I love you that's for this. I love you for this. <laughs> I, I, where I come in on it, man. Like I, I thought it was okay, okay. but it's not. Yeah, it's not the best. Of course, practical would be way better for sure. But for yeah, for what it was, I, I was like, all right, movie. I'm still enjoying this. Let's keep going. Right. After this, they get ambushed by the all black militia that we talked about earlier. The, 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 the they're, they're pretty much, you know, like oh fuck. You guys have better guns, so we're gonna fucking listen to y'all. And but they get helped out, and this is when the goodness of people comes in. The whole issue of race doesn't matter, even though the the militia is all black, and they they say that like you know, well, 
since everyone else left, we have the power now, but they're still helping out this. Yeah, they're all white, correct? Like RV fucking our characters for, yeah. for the whole movie. They're all white people. This so, is where we get the, the quote, quote unquote, for the first time, we have the power. All the yeah. white left. And, and that's where you get your, yeah. So some more of your, I would say, on the nose commentary from Mr. It, it is, it is, but at, again, at a time of George Bush, George Bush doesn't care about black people and everything else that was going on, you know, it's, 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 it's on the nose, but it's also relevant always to an extent. <laughs> so it is what it is, but right. yeah, this all black militia helps our all white cast of characters fuel up their RV, uh, give them food, send them on their merry fucking way. You know, we got some scenes in there, but it's it's nothing really that uh, adds to the plot of the film, in my opinion. Probably could have got cut. Um, uh, yeah, the thing with the others, with the, we smash like the acid stuff, and it, that, was, that, uh, was, that was a pretty cool kill, actually. It was. Yeah, it's not, no, it's not, it's, not horrible but that's when the cgi really rears its ugly head to an extent when when the acid's bleeding into the zombie's brain and he's approaching the camera and falls but but i agree it you could cut it but you could also leave it in because this movie's an hour and a half right yeah it's so hard with scenes like that because it's like where do you throw in the kills and then do you mix it up with with their journey and at what stop and stuff like that. Cause you could, you could really do it anywhere. I mean, theoretically speaking, you can run into fucking zombies anywhere. Right. Like, so to have one, you know, loose in a fucking warehouse, like who cares? The fuck, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't seem like it's that important. Like it does to them in the moment, but to us as viewers, like how many times have we seen uh, scenarios like that, that are a million times worse talking about Glenn under that fucking dumpster. You know what I mean? So for that, I just found it a little lackluster in terms of like, hey, here's going to be our centerpiece with the militia before we move on to something else. I feel like if you're going to stop there, have something really fucking badass happen. And while that kill was dope, don't get me wrong, it was dope. I just felt like I, I, I just wanted more. That's all. I, I, I agree with you, actually. Um, that, that should have been a bigger centerpiece of the film, and it was very lackluster. You got um, all the guns there, and like, you, yep. you know what I mean? Like, something. Yep. something, uh, uh, something no, no, you're right. Something, the, the, uh, zombie horde could have broke in. Something could have happened. But instead, it's like, oh, we got a guy with a bad heart. He died, and <laughs> we don't know where he went. Okay. Right. <laughs> there, there were a couple of good scenes in that, I, I will say. I mean, they, they yeah. tried to build the tension. Whether it worked or not is... By the, by, the, by the time that scene showed up, I think the tone was so set that building tension for that was... I, I agree with you, though, boss. They, they did try to build tension. That's where you get some more classic Romero. But this is new-ish Romero, I guess. I guess... I haven't I haven't seen survival, so I don't know. Um, but but I'm following suit with all his other tropes and everything else I've seen in his series. And while the movies definitely do dwindle, at this point in the film, 
after they get ambushed and they get their fucking RV seen about, they 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 decide we're gonna fucking take what we need, just like the 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 leader of the militia said, you take what you need. It reflects itself. Um, Deb is a strong character at this point, for sure. Yeah, the strongest character. Sure. Yeah, she she establishes herself as the strongest character. Which, which alongside is was not a not believable. I don't think the writing was good enough in order to establish that yeah. personally, but this is where the movie's going. So I think the writing was strong enough. I think the performances were commendable. That's that's where I'm coming in on that that part. I think the writing was strong enough. I don't think the the actors brought like like there were scenes where uh, Deborah picked up the camera and said, "Is this like? Do you see how it feels now?" And I'm like, I'm watching it, and I'm like, "Yeah, the acting's not the best, but I see deeper what I think George was gonna want." his actors to do and i i think the commendability of the actors in the film is not horrible they're okay to good but i think george's writing was on point i just think his actors didn't quite get there so i'll say that for for for, for that part uh but well that's mighty bold of you to say the acting was commendable then i yeah, I think it's commendable. Yeah. Um, so after they get fueled up by the militia, they they find out that this shit is happening all over the world. And I, well, I do want to say too, though, there's another quote. They're listening to someone on the radio, and they're like, "The problem isn't the people crossing the border. The problem now are the creatures crossing the border between life and death." That was cosmic as fuck to me. And I just had to make note of that quote because I was like, yeah. Well, you think you're hard. You think, no, you think your little shit problems here on this little planet where you fucking draw fake ass lines is the real issue. You think that's the problem. But guess what? It could be way fucking crazier and way fucking worse. And if the dead are coming back to life and ripping the flesh off the fucking living, your little pretend lines with pretend names and little flags with little symbols that don't really fucking matter at all, at all. Carl Sagan said, we are the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Oh my fucking God damn. If there's a zombie apocalypse, your little tribalism bullshit isn't going to fucking matter anymore. So yeah, come down hard with that on the, (laughs) on that, on that scene. Um, on that quote, rather. Um, well, look at what the pandemic's done, and that, that's not a, a, a zombie-type type thing, obviously. Right. You know, it's is a scaled-down version. Is it, but... not? Is, it, is it maybe a manifested mass reality thing that happened after The Walking Dead and zombies became popular? I don't regardless, know. Regardless, it just shows you, though, how crippling it can be, regardless of whatever the fuck it is. So... It's very believable that if if it was fucking straight up full on fucking zombies, we'd be so fucked. And I will say this too that about like we're the bloggers and we've got the internet. Man, nobody's got the internet. That shit's getting shut down. Like electricity, everything will be gone within fucking days. Like nobody's gonna be blogging. You're not gonna be on TikTok fucking, you know what I mean? Like it's not gonna happen. No, you're you're right. Anymore. 
<laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna join right after the show. <laughs> no man, I listen. I think that this movie has a lot of um, a lot of smart things to say. A lot of kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But I also think in order to kind of get that across to people, you do have to establish a tone that. I don't know. I, I, I don't know where that tone is, but what they established here where, you know, the dude fucking he's blowing up zombies like fucking Bugs Bunny or fucking whatever, <laughs> Wiley Coyote or whatever the fuck it is. Um, it, it oddly works. You know, you got this this side of it where it's like Naked Gun or fucking scary movie, you know, Wayne's Brothers type comedy. And then you got this other stuff where it's it's kind of like a commentary on films like The Blair Witch and, you know, on found footage in general and what he's trying to say with that even. I mean, trying to get that message across in terms of like, like you guys said, with the media thing. Dude, I think of, I think of this. So now, all I watch is fucking streaming. I think we have TV on there right. somewhere. I don't even fucking watch the news. Like, I'm going on social media to find it or whatever. I even have, dude, I have a friend who's, she's a fucking reporter. Like, she's a newscaster. She's on the fucking news. Like, if I want to know something, I'll just hit her up directly. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't don't watch the news. But I know she'll know, so, like, I ask her. And she always fucking knows. And it's like, the media consumption, it whether it's the same or whatever it the channels have changed and so many things have changed even from when this movie was made until now so think about from now until 15 years from now how things will be different and and how grassrooted you know it will become I, and by necessity i feel like too because people are just dialing into like what they know like all right i trust this this person i trust this news outlet or whatever I'm a fucking ride with them and that's what I'm going to do. But now there's so many different streaming services or whatever that you have to cherry pick all of your consumption. So I don't know where I was going that in terms of like how it, how it, you know, gets across in this movie, but they did mention how, you know, how they, they changed the, the, the newscast, right? The, they, land, they the landscape, the landscape of media consumption is questioned in this film ahead of its yeah. time. Yeah. It was ahead of its time. I I can't stress that enough. It was. And that's uh, my that's my favorite line in the whole entire movie. That's my favorite piece of social commentary is the fact that at the end you get that line that's like, hey, here's the footage we watched earlier. The yeah. They distorted it. And I'm like, that is so relevant to what we're seeing today. And just like Dan said, that's even more relevant when you talk about the COVID stuff. I mean, we're not going to get political one way or the other, but the slants you get, I, what I'll tell people, I'm not going to tell people where I land politically, but I have MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News on my phone, and it blows my mind. And even bring it more current the Kyle Rittenhouse jury trial going on right now. The, the things that come across my phone from all three of those news sources is, is mind blowing because yeah, the way that is. And, and it's it, the, the problem is, is 
you have these certain people that only have one certain news source, whether it's left or right or far left or far right, they get their information off this one news source. And if that's what you're getting, oh man. It's all, it's, it's all bullshit. The reptilians are real. There were mud floods. And all you motherfuckers are going to get your kids eaten by fucking demons. Chemtrails. Yep, chemtrails, all that shit. Isn't that what the far rights say? I don't give a fuck what everyone says. Anyways, we're going to reel this back in, and we are getting really long in this episode. We're going to steamroll. We're going to just rabbit fuck the rest of this whole movie here. We're going to go right through it. I guess we can wrap up with the the scene because what we haven't talked about is the scene that they're in the we, we get the military scene. well yeah those, those oh, military. military they they come in and they fucking steal everything which, except which their, is, their immediate weapons yes and and that's i will say that they did a good job setting that up in the movie because you're like oh hey look the military is here we're saved no no you're not you might think that it's not the military because the movie does a good job in questioning you. You're like, Oh, maybe it's not really the military, but then it is a military. And you're like, what are their intentions? And they're, they're bad. They don't, they, well, they, they, they also find out that this is happening worldwide because they oh, see yeah. uh posts um, on, on forms of people in other countries. And they're like in Tokyo, it's bad. Don't bury the dead, shoot them in the head. Yeah, I love that line. You're establishing the rules, I guess you would say, of... But I love that line and how it's delivered and how it's presented in the film through social media. Again, through people looking online. Uh, I, I, I can't escape, for me, what George Romero was was definitely clued into. Yeah. yeah. Before it was happening. Right. Right. Yep. Moving on, we have basically the pen or I mean, we're, we're at the final scene. We're reuniting. So earlier on, we didn't really cover this, but there was a I, w- I want to say FaceTime, but it wasn't FaceTime. It was a video call again, again, before it's time. Yeah, be- before uh, FaceTime was around or whatever you call it. They talked to the mummy that was there along with the one chick and they're like, hey, come to my house, blah, blah, blah. It's all safe. So, I would have just went with him from the jump. Like, he yeah. just dipped to his – like, I would have been there yeah. drunk. Well, had we known at the time that he was a fucking billionaire. Oh, also, I think, <laughs> I think we need to give, like, 30 seconds to the fact that the movie did transfer over to Deborah's parents' home. And I did oh, – right. it was done well. It was done well. I like I that. It. They get there. Hey, my family's not home. They get in. They go to the garage. They find the car there. Yes, they are here. So you know, as a viewer, some shit's about to go down. And and that, I mean, I'm not a fan of jump scares, but that was pretty effective. Even me yeah. watching this, this time I did jump a little yeah. bit. I wasn't expecting it because like, boom, we find out her family's there. She's going to go look for them. Her little brother jumps on her back. It was effective. Yes. We get a little bit more backstory with the Brody or not Brody, uh, Maxwell. He's the, you know, fucking, uh, Lego last or whatever. <laughs> He's of, of, fucking uh, Green Arrow. Yes, yeah. Stephen Amell apparently. He's the, pr- the, yep. the professor. He shoots the fucking little boy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, what a, a bow and arrow! God damn. Yep. That, that they was- asked him. He said, "I went to archery school." 
<laughs> Sorry. I just thought that was so hilarious. There was like, where did you learn that? He's like, archery school. <laughs> Which maybe we have to, I mean, he, he, he might have been neighbors with Duncan's parents growing up. Maybe we have to consult him. <laughs> Is this a thing over there? I mean, do you guys watch fucking Robin Hood and jerk each other off onto crackers and fucking watch these movies? <laughs> I mean, that's that's a Duncan question. So. They weren't saltines, but they are now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> got your protein on the saltine. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, you're so disgusting, Kibu. Let's let's We're go to hell. We get out. We get outside of the. Uh, I would say the the Deborah's home, and this is where yes, we finally meet that that house is. That house is fucking dope. That's all I well, can I just say this too? I, I I did notice the um the forcible uh other guy trying to come to the rescue. He's like, I'll come with you. Yeah, like did you notice that kind of like drama that they tried to shoehorn in? Like I get it, it was trying to show that her and her boyfriend were having problems, but he was like, You can't oh. just leave it. Remember, like yeah. that kind of John stuff. Robert's character, yes. Yeah, yeah. It felt like we were watching One Tree Hill at one yes, point. Yes, yes. I've never yeah. seen that, but I think I know where you're going. Right. And yet, there were just certain uh, decisions like that where I was like, where are we going with this? And especially knowing, because, you know, we've all seen the film, it doesn't really pay off. Like, why? Why do that? Other than to show the division between them. But even that, that doesn't re- I, I don't know. No, okay. I'm, I'm actually, I'm glad you brought it up. And, I, and I'm not trying to rush through things. I'm trying to be respectful of your time and everything with us. But, but that's not even worth, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a good You're point right. to bring up, though, because I did actually notice that. Because, yes, you do have Jason, who is the director of everything. And you have his girlfriend, Deborah. But, yeah, Sean Roberts' character, I, I forget his name. But right. that's a very valid I would say discussion to Tony. Point. Tony, yes. Yeah, yeah he yeah. did the makeup. Yeah, he he he, <laughs> he does makeup that that always comes unglued. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the mummy that came unglued. So because- it's so funny though, like just the little in- intricate little things about these characters. Yes. that they hone and in the, on. the, the okay. lines that they fucking pull, like that's what I'm saying, dude. Like yeah. there's so much about this movie that's more thought out than it seems. I think. <laughs> that's fucking. <laughs> I'm serious, dude. I think there's more going on here than I'm gonna have you to think put up about 17 soap boxes for you to get up on <laughs> final thing. I will fucking cry this movie's praises. <laughs> I will say we, we're at the final final set piece if you will. It's a sweet fucking mansion. We meet the homeboy that's dressed up as a mummy, which I find funny because like 2 days prior he was dressed up as the mummy and he is still dressed up as the money, come on, <laughs> Sir George Romero. I've, I've, come on, I've expected more. But <laughs> I will, if, if, if I can say one thing, it's been a while since I last saw this. I was, I, di- I did forget the ending. I did forget the ending. So the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, so where's this chick and whatnot? I thought they did a pretty good job as, as far as like hiding that for the first like couple minutes. And then when he brings you to find out, like, oh, I'm not going to lie. When I was watching that ending, I was expecting them to be buried and rising from the grave because I completely forgot about it. But the swimming pool scene, 
I thought that was pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll be yeah. honest with you. Ever from the minute that they roll up to that house, um, I kind of love this entire end sequence. I, I it's agree. just really I agree. It's just fun because first of all, I love that dude, the fucking mummy kid. And like, I would buy because like I've met people that like I've seen them two days later, like same clothes, drunk as fuck, like like just going, like and and there was almost <laughs> a. <laughs> and you could almost see it. You could almost feel it. Uh, you know, his whole aura was like he did. I know this, it. he sold it. Yeah, but he knew what was happening too, and he was he was drinking it all away. Like he wasn't completely oblivious, but I think he knew he was truly fucked. But it also comes with that rich arrogance too, where he was like, "I'm fine," and like that's why, like he just leaves the fucking front door open and shit like that. So. It, it was just really fun to to see him first of all, and then to see everything that plays out from from there on out. I just thought it was a great centerpiece for the end of the movie. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah everyone gets fucked. Like Jason gets fucking bitten. I mean, it, it it goes ape shit at this point. And at the end, you have uh, Deb, Tony, and the professor and. In an escape room in the, in the mansion, and they wake up, and it's daylight outside, and the professor starts shaving his face, and you get this philosophical exchange, where it ends with this line that's like, "Mornings and mirrors only serve to terrify old men." Yeah. Again, George A. Romero is old and tired. He's tired, man. <laughs> He's just tired old man, George Romero, 60, 70, whatever you want to like, fuck it. He's tired. You know what? He made a good movie. The movie ends with uh, uh, Deb doing another monologue over some footage. And she says these old, these old hicks basically are <laughs> shooting people for fun. And his dead people, and they hang this one girl from a tree, blow her fucking whole bottom half off, except her head, the top part of her above her jaw, which is still attached to the tree. So she's still alive, zombie, but blown apart. And Deb asks, Do we do we deserve to be saved? You tell me. That's the end line for the diary I, of I the dead. Man. Because I, I, I came down an entire point negative with this last Ooh. two minutes of the movie. With the wow. ending? With yeah. those two hits? Wow. No, just, just with I'm, – I'm trying not to be too critical, but, oh, man. Like, you know what? I'm all That's right with George Romero unzipping his That's pants. Totally what they'd be doing, George though. Romero. I'm all right with George Romero unzipping his pants. I'm all right with him fluffing himself out. <laughs> I'm even all right with him slapping me across the face a couple times. But when he tries to shove it in my mouth with <laughs> fucking line, I'm like, nope, I draw the line. When, she, when, she, when, she, when she's like, can you repeat that? I didn't get that. And it's that whole like bringing it back on the Jason thing. And I'm like, I, I'm done. I'm over it. I was right. Oh, I, mm. 
I get it. I, I, was, I, I, was, I, I don't. Yep. I don't. I get it. No, can I can I say this about uh what you just said though, Cole? There's a big part of me that not only agrees with what you said, but I also feel like this is a film where it takes a certain um amount of tolerance. Amount of tolerance in, in the form of whether it be gummies, edibles, some type of marijuana, <laughs> in order for it to be palatable enough to, and, and feel all right. Because as like, as an avid marijuana smoker, like I get that, like I feel it and I get it, but I can also know that myself, like I can sober up. And I will be exactly on the side that you're on where I'm like, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> and that's where I'm at. And, and that's where I'm at because, because at the end of the day, um, I, I agree with, with both of you guys, like, like wholeheartedly with everything that you said about the movie, but it's really, well, d- like, you know, does it really matter? Like I- I'm still enjoying myself. So certain things that I have problems with critically, yeah, it's going to get the business when it comes to my rating and shit like that, for sure. Like you- you're not getting off the hook, but in terms of my enjoyment level, it's so high up there that I'm with you. Like the, the ending is just so fucking stupid. And then, yeah, let's just fucking club you right over the fucking head with it at the end. The last shot that he ever saw. <laughs> the last footage that he ever shot. Like, settle down, first of all. And second of all, like, I just think that the, the commentary stuff, um, I'm down with it. But sometimes too much is too much. And I did feel like by the end of this movie, it was a little much. Like, I get it. But... I don't know. It takes a little bit to digest everything because he is saying a lot. And I I think a lot of people won't even notice half of the shit that he's saying, but I definitely picked up on it and it's a lot. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's, it's, it's digestible, but over time, if that makes sense or not. No, if no, it doesn't, that's it, it does. I was actually going to interrupt you in the middle of it because I was like, Please. just keep going and give us your final thoughts and ratings because we're going to do this a little bit okay. different. I yeah. would actually, I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt you again and say, Tibu, you are, I'm going to have you go last because I think you're going to be the highest. Um, I'll go first and then we'll, we'll go with Mr. Dan Chase and we'll have Tibu leave us on a high note because <laughs> I'm pretty confident he's going to come in higher than us. So Dan okay. Chase, we do one out of 10. Uh, you can do like fucking Dave Portnoy, Mr. Pizza review. You can do you know, <laughs> 3.1 or whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> so I don't think it's going to surprise anybody that I'm not going to come in nearly as high as I have on the other Romero movies. And I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on my review because I, I, I feel like as much as I don't like to to, to, to give my hand or show my hand during the review. I know that people aren't expecting anything too high. So every Romero movie we've done outside of the last one has been a 10. The last one was an eight and a half. I'm coming down quite a bit on this one. And even though I try to review a movie on its own merits, it's hard to remute review this movie without comparing it to the previous because Again, to the to the argument I made previously, 
we're not talking about producers or different writers or directors. This is still written and directed by George Romero. This is his baby. So there's no excuse for him to come in and, and completely change it up outside of the realm of his own vision that he has. I'm just going to say, and I'm coming in at a six out of 10, which might be higher than some people were expecting. Again, this is a lot better than most of the zombie movies I watch. And to Dan Chase, to, to give you a little heads up, I, I'm that nerd that seeks out every zombie movie ever made. I'll go on Tubi. I'll watch them all, dude. I'll watch them all. I've seen the return of the exorcism zombie on Tubi. I've seen them all. So this <laughs> still rates pretty high among the average of the zombie movies. It rates low in the average of the Romero's zombie movies. It's a good movie overall but i was very disappointed the acting i thought suffered quite a bit the writing i was very very disappointed with the cgi i had no problem with the cgi in land of the dead this one it just i mean with the two million dollar budget how much did you spend on the cgi versus how little could you have spent on on having some kind of practical effects done so right there, right. there are some things that i just cannot excuse so i'm coming in at six out of ten for diary of the dead nice. dad chase i'm gonna let you go next dude you know what's so great about what you just said um you made a dave portnoy uh reference it's so funny so i was um me and a bunch of my buddies back on the cape we started uh we started throwing parties doing festivals biggest festival was three thousand people one of the biggest parties ever uh boston barstool um was gonna buy us out for for i think two million yeah Ooh. fucking crazy shit back on the cape right so it's funny how it relates to this because um those were some dudes that i met just working for the dpw and i told the dude yeah i do a podcast he's like yeah He's like, he's like, put it on. So I put it on. He's like, damn. He's like, okay. He's like, cool. He's like, you want to do our podcast? So directly because of podcasting, I hooked up with those guys, started doing the podcast for those guys. That's how I got involved with all of that. It led to not only some great friends, great times in my life, but one important thing about those guys is they made me realize my potential, right? Like it, it just reinvigorates you when you're, when you're a part of something amazing. So um, how it relates to this review, I, I, I look at it like this. I've said everything that I've basically said about this movie throughout this entire episode. Like I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I do, I do agree that, that there's, there's definitely a lot under the skirt, under the surface execution wise, it's fucking horrible. And if you don't quote unquote live up to your potential, it means fucking nothing. And it's going to affect, um, you know, my rating of, of the movie as well. You know, I got to be critical of it. I, I do. I, I, I love Romero. I, I, I respect everything that he's done. I think I have a pretty good grasp on not only his influence, but just who he is as a person and what he was trying to get across. And, and I, and I, and I really do connect, with that uh much like you know you do with kevin smith and, and and certain aspects like that but at the end of the day if you don't execute um i'm sorry but you can't get a pass for that you know um i <laughs> i'm trying to think 
I'd say I land exactly where you land, Cole. I think I'm at about a six for this movie. It has its merits. It definitely has some great parts about it. Um, I definitely think it's it's more satire than it is straight up, but I think that's purposeful. And I think that Romero is is probably going to be looked at down the road more and more so as a fucking genius. Um, it's kind of hard, though, when trying to digest something from him while it's going on, while the paranormal activities and the Blair Witches of this world are being made. Um, but I think in time, people will get it. And, and who knows, maybe my rating will go up too. But right now, I'm at a six. Uh, mad props to the, to the man himself. But yeah, there's just certain things that you can't get away with. So that's where I fall. Nice, nice. Tibu, carry us home, buddy. You want some intro music? Is he sleeping? <laughs> Ibu. He felt asleep. It's that D8. It's, it's, that's that indica. <laughs> I passed out. No, I'm here. I'm sorry. All right. So for me, yep, yeah, I'm going to come in higher. This movie for me represented a lot about what was going on at the time. I feel like after subsequent re, uh, rewatches that it accomplished the goals that, that Romero set out. Again, limited budget, actors, whatever. Um, I think it still came across. I love some of the fucking cheesy, stupid shit in this movie. A lot. Like, a lot. I think, I think he knew what he was doing when it came to that that aspect otherwise why leave why leave it in like why would right. he leave in so much dumb shit when he's a seasoned director like he knows what he's doing i i'm 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 coming in with an eight out of ten baby get it i i think this movie is worth watching over and over i think it's fun and stupid and the perfect amount of entertaining versus relevant and relevant beyond its time. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I have nowhere else to go with this movie. It's eight out of 10. Damn. This movie is fucking awesome. It, it, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I just, I, I think people should give it a second watch. Um, I think this is going to be some people's, introduction to zombies maybe yep. found footage maybe whatever the case um this is it's it's romero man i i don't think he deviated that far from really what he was doing before when he was in creative control he's always had creative control yes he's had to make some sacrifices here and there but he's mainly maintained his creative control so with this movie, I think he had a vision. The budget fucked him. The, the actors uh, weren't up to par, I'll say. But I think they're still, they, they were still all commendable. I think they were still all good. I, I never had an issue with horrible acting on my part uh, for watching the film. So, And yes, the CGI. I mean, come on, dude. Uh, yeah, it sucks that they they had to do that. But when there was practical effects, it was cool. 
the zombies look good. Uh, you can't say that for every every Romero <laughs> zombie film. Right. Um, True. The the big the biggest one being the the one I'm speaking of the most, Dawn. But they they were fine, and I I think I think this movie's good, really good, great. In fact, if you if you look at it through a certain lens, so I say eight out of ten. It, for... it warms my heart that you came in that high, right? Considering that you know zombie movies are my forte, so <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. Boss Tuna, Dan Chase come in at a six. Tibu comes in at an eight, which means you better check this out. He's not even a zombie fan, so you better check this out. Dan Chase, <laughs> Pimp Your Wares, where can our fans find you? Uh, I do a little show called Cut to the Chase. We got some great shows coming up going into the Christmas season. Um, yeah, just search for it, Cut to the Chase. You can find us anywhere and everywhere. I do want to say this, though, before I leave. Um, I fucking love podcasting so much. Uh, you know, when I first started it, like it took me into directions I never even really anticipated. And to uh, to meet you guys here tonight, honestly, this has been so much fucking fun. Like, like not knowing you guys and having talked to you before, like this was so much fucking fun. And like, it just reminds me of like, yeah, that's why I like started this shit because you just meet the most awesome people. And like, obviously I know who you guys are and stuff like that, but to be able to fucking vibe out, to talk about movies, like that just shows you we can talk about literally fucking whatever, anything, literally anything, and just have fun, whether it be hockey, whether it be fucking George Romero, whatever. <laughs> um, I just want to say that you guys are fucking amazing. Like you guys are true professionals. You guys are great guys. And I want to truly thank you for having me on. And, and yeah, it's been truly a pleasure. So thank you for, for having me on. But yeah, cut oh. to the chase. That's, that's where I'm at. Thank you, Dan, man. Like that, that means a lot because I agree. Like that's the whole reason that I got into doing this was to talk to people who just fucking want to vibe out with horror and, and and just like you said, like we we can, we can talk about whatever and and people aren't going to fucking get mad. Like it's, it's crazy that you can have that type of person and it's always horror fans. It's always horror fans that are that type of person that can fucking vibe out and just be like, oh, I see your side and I disagree. But you know what? At the end of the day, we'll have a beer. We're fine. Like, fuck it, dude. Not only Uh, that, like, yo, when we disagree, like, we laugh about that shit. Like, that that I'm going to start taking the piss out of you. Like, that makes it even better. And I think that's something that's lost on a lot of people, like... I disagree with my friend. Like, I can't wait to talk to him because, like, I know that it's going to be so different of an opinion. But, like, that's the fun of it, man. Like, that's what makes us people. If we were all the fucking same, like, what's the fucking point? You know what I mean? Hell yeah, dude. We all got to take the piss out of each other. For real. <laughs> like, for real. Like, just fucking, yeah. like, be friends and go at it and be like, at the end of the day, I like you. I like you. Cool. It, it doesn't matter, man. Like, I, lo- I, lo- I love doing this shit. I agree 100%. Horror yeah. podcasting totally opened a new world for me where people that I I never would have talked to before, I got the chance to meet fucking Boss Tuna. 
Like I never right. would have known him without being part of a horror podcast community. So yep. I've made a great friend and now I'm making another friend. Right. So this is the whole point. You're right. You're, you're a hundred percent dead on with what you said. This is the whole reason, man. Love and it. and uh, I, I can attribute podcasting to literally every good thing in my life. That's why I'm here in Iowa. That's why I'm with my girl. Like the only reason that I'm with is because of podcasting. I, I, are you serious? Like, I think we're on to something here, folks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like clearly it's fucking, it's great for everybody, but no, I, I truly do want to thank you guys because yeah, you guys have a fucking great show here. You guys got a great rapport great chemistry, all that kind of stuff. But more importantly, like I'm just having a fucking blast. So thank Hell you guys yeah. so much for having me on. Oh, brother. Fucking <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, Chase, I want to thank you for coming on. There was a lot of work getting this scheduled and planned. And I'll tell you what, I don't regret it for one second because I knew if we had Dan Chase on, he would have a good time. We'd have some drinks and it would be worth it. We are giving yes, Summer of the Dead series in November, and I don't give a fuck because it was fun. So with that being said, folks, I hope it was as good for you as it was for – oh, hold on just a second there. Dan Chase, I know that you probably are expecting this. Uh-oh. <laughs> and, yes, we are going to make you run the gauntlet. Okay. You know the gauntlet. Do you have any questions before we get started? Because you are gonna, you, we're, we're gonna run you through this bitch hard, no protection, no lube, spit, sandpaper, sh- let's go. Let's- <laughs> <laughs> I'll pull Gavin Ross still. Take life as it comes, straight, no chaser. Let's go. Oh, I just got to say that will be the first and the last time we'll ever hear Gavin Rostill associated with the gauntlet. Dan Chase, are you ready to run the gauntlet? Let's fucking go. Pizza or burgers? Pizza. Beer or liquor? Liquor. Hockey, football, baseball, or basketball? Football. Ass or titties? And big booty bitches. Ass and titties. Oh, and big booty. Stand <laughs> or sit when you wipe? I'm sorry, what? Stand or sit when you wipe? Who the fuck stands when they wipe? What? <laughs> sit. Homebody or out with friends? Oh, I'm both, dude. I love both. Like, oh. You gotta pick homebody. one. Homebody, I guess, yeah. Fishing or hunting? Fishing. Cannibal Holocaust or a Serbian film? <laughs> Serbian film. <laughs> I agree. Rather go blind or rather go deaf? Uh, deaf. Give me five seconds. I got to go pee. Sorry. <laughs> no way. In the middle of the gauntlet? You son of a bitch. This is the worst shit you've ever pulled ever. I just no. said he was professional too. I take no, it back. This is yes, take it back, and I hope it stays in. It won't, <laughs> but it should because you know what, you fucker, you went pee in the middle of the gauntlet. What kind of <laughs> bitch? My family, not, no, he he said, give not, him five seconds. <laughs> that's not meant to be derogatory, by the way. <laughs> Men can be bitches too. Look, <laughs> look at one. <laughs> 
He's not there. <laughs> He's in the invisible bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Cecil, whatever that old director's name is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I used to be that verse. Oh, Look, there he comes back. No, I'm not, you. I'm not gonna you, lie. I I was literally I had to pinch the tip. It was that. I gave you the <laughs> fucking. I gave you the fucking degree. Go back and listen to it. I fucking reamed your asshole. Oh, I'm serious. <laughs> I had to reach down to my ankle, grab the tip, <laughs> pinch it. I, it was coming out. It was coming out. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right gauntlet. Oh Let's go. What was the last one I left off at Debu? Oh fuck, dude. Uh. Was it you Cannibal said, Holocaust or the Go Blind or Go Deaf? Go Blind or Go Deaf. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, we got a good one coming up. You ready? Top half of Hulk Hogan and bottom half of Margot Robbie or top half of Margot Robbie and bottom half of Hulk Hogan? Top half of Margot Robbie. Ooh. There's, Inside, more, there's, more, there's more to play with. You know what I mean? You got the money. <laughs> <laughs> penis-sized nipples or nipple-sized penis? Wait. He, <laughs> but I don't I don't want what wait, is it my penis? Like yeah. I'm confused. Penis size oh. or nipple size penis. Um <laughs> <laughs> wait, so if I have so if I have nipple Alright, uh penis size nipples. I don't know. <laughs> nipple size penis. All right. Rocker country. Rock. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Doggy or missionary? <laughs> oh, doggy all fucking day. Freddie Jason, Michael or Leatherface? Jason. Yes! Slasher, zombie, supernatural, or creature feature? Slasher, all day, scream, thank you. <laughs> Chucky or Leprechaun? <laughs> Previously on fucking Chucky. Oh. John Carpenter or Wes Craven? Wes fucking Craven. Carpenter's so overrated. Whoa! 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 Or Jordan Peele? Oh, God. Uh, Jordan Peele. 90s or 2000s horror? Oh, wait. Um, Oh, (laughs) fuck. Fuck. (laughs) Um... Ah, uh, 90s. Ooh, Hills Have Eyes, the original or the remake? Oh, I love the fucking... The remake's one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh the remake. fucking baby. God. Amen, Don't even front. Amen. No. no. Low no. burns or to the point? What is it? I'm sorry? Low burns or to the point? What do you mean? Do you prefer slow burn movies or ones that are just in your face to the point? It depends. Um... Outside of the slow day. burn, I guess. Uh, I'll cite Hostel, one of my favorite movies of all time. That's a slow burn. So, right. yeah, uh, slow burns. Yeah. All right. Favorite movie of all time? Scream, 1996. Going to see Scream 5 in January. I've never been more fucking excited for a movie in my entire fucking life. Whoa. Nice. Thank you, sir. That was the gauntlet you have passed. And yes! that, folks, I hope it was as good for you as it was for <laughs> us. Boom.